0: softball team into the Diamond Stars Invitational March 19th and 20th at Springwood Park in Burlington, North Carolina. Age brackets are for 10 and up for a one-day event, 12 and up, and 14 and up. With Diamond Star Events, you get more games, longer time limits, quality competition, and prizes to all champions. With Diamond Star Events, get the tournament experience your players, coaches, and families deserve. For more information and to sign up, visit DiamondStarEvents.net. We love sports.
1: Joe Lewis, the greatest boxer I ever lived.
0: Not only do we love sports, but we love to debate sports.
1: He was bad at catching clay. He bad in Sugar Ray. He bad in that. Who that's you? the new boy? Mike, Mike Tyson looked like a bulldog. He bad at him, too. He's a whip Mike Tyson there. He whip all that.
0: For the best sports analysis in the triad.
1: What about Rocky Marciano?
0: In-depth, local coverage of your favorite schools and teams. Let
1: me tell you something once for all, Rocky Marciano was good. But compared to Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano ain't
0: and, of course, the best sports debate in the tribe. It's your
2: Lord's
3: ass. Welcome to Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Your
1: Lord's
2: 75 years old when it's You're welcome. I don't know.
0: Father Time is undefeated. It's going to hit Tom Brady eventually too. It might be this year. Hopefully, it's this year.
1: And Matt Lafleur went to both of them and said, "Hey, remember that play you drew up on notebook paper on Thursday? Yeah, run it now."
0: Like that's the thing that's kind of tripping me up here. We've been clowning Kyrie Irving and his behavior for the past five years. I feel
4: like I just got a point like on a show or something. I
0: don't know what I'm <laughs> Three, two, one, Kurzweil, you've got state champions coming back home. The East Versailles Eagles have just won Class 4A state championship. On the line with NASCAR superstar Bubba Wallace. Bubba, what type of music are you listening to right now? Do you listen to anything particular to get you hyped before a race? I'm um, in like the heavy metal stuff, like the screamo stuff, the stuff you can't understand. <laughs> that's, that's right on my alley.
1: Tie game at forty-one. Mur takes the snap. Fade right corner of the end zone for Timmons. He oh bobbled God. it and then
5: honed it in in the right corner of the end zone to Will
4: Timmons Jr. TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com,
1: dot com. Your home for triad sports. Like to have everybody's attention for a moment. There's a stat. I don't like bringing up stats, but there's one stat about the Panthers. know, James Harden
0: better scorer than Michael
1: Jordan. No, he's a more creative in that. Traveling is not creative, Brandon. You know, no
0: matter what the score is, and they've said it themselves, whether they're up 10, down 10, down 20, whatever, they know they can turn it on whatever.
3: Why did you have to bring up the Cowboys? Right? <laughs> <laughs> conversation.
0: Lived in Texas for two years
5: and just couldn't stand to, to watch Cowboys the Cowboys. All right, all right, all
6: right, no, it up. Welcome to The Rundown. Here's Desmond Johnson.
0: Welcome to a brand new edition of The Rundown on, uh, I think we've got a three-week streak of snow on the ground every time we've done this show. Desmond Johnson in the house here with you. WWBG, 1470 AM live every Saturday morning, 10 AM to 12 noon, getting you ready for your sports this weekend and we got a loaded weekend of sports joined by the crew jalen gilkey from wfmy news Two, hot rod thunderberg in the house and uh, a stranger we haven't seen in about a year aaron gabriel blessing us with his presence on a uh, conference championship weekend uh the biggest kansas city chiefs fan that we know back in the house what's going on fellas how y'all doing on this uh the snowy saturday Amen.
5: all smiles baby all smiles Another day. I bet, I bet. Another day,
7: baby. Another day. Can't beat
0: it. So previously on the rundown with Desmond Johnson, the last time that we did a conference championship weekend and Super Bowl uh preview, it was the uh the Kansas City Chiefs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, uh, of course, Tampa Bay emerged victorious from that. And Aaron slipped into the shadows like that Homer Simpson meme that where you slide like into the bushes, but we haven't seen him fence.
5: Yeah, <laughs> fell into it. What happened? I fell into a deep depression. That's what happened. I fell into a deep
0: depression. Well, hey, brother, we all, always yeah, appreciate having you back do. home on the road down. Uh, We're going to get we got a loaded show today. Uh, NFC Championship preview here in just a bit. We've got uh, some Major League Baseball talk. Should Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? Wanted Brandon Blake on. He got pulled away on assignment, so he's not going to be with us this morning. But uh, I know Jalen's a huge baseball fan. So we'll talk a little bit about (laughs) should Bonds, Clemens uh, be in the Hall of Fame because they were voted to not be in the Hall of Fame uh, this week. Uh, Plus, what's the worst sports franchise in all of sports? We'll dissect that a little bit, too. Coming up in hour two from the Locked On ACC podcast, Candace Cooper, and from Deacons Illustrated and Duke Illustrated, Connor O'Neill will do ACC Hoops Roundtable with me. And uh, we'll get into the uh, the NFC Championship game preview at the top of the hour. Josh Minsky and – just a whole lot more rumors about Tom Brady retiring, Aaron Rodgers talking about he don't know what he's going to do. We're going to get all that in the second hour as well. But before we do all of that, if you want to participate in the rundown, something new that we're doing since we've relaunched in January, uh, go to the Facebook post where this video is, and you can type in a question. You can type in a comment about what something somebody has said, and it'll appear right here on the screen. So you can actually be interactive and be on the show as opposed to the traditional uh terrestrial radio call in call out that kind of thing we're doing it more digital you can catch us on facebook watch you can catch us on twitter you can catch us on the sports Canada monthly youtube channel uh tobacco road sports radio.com and of course you can catch us uh on wwbg 1470 a.m uh live in the in the triad guys let's just start right off with the afc conference championship is one of the reasons why i wanted to invite aaron on i have become I don't want to say I've become a chiefs fan since the last time we spoke football Aaron but I've be- I've begrudgingly accepted that the chiefs are going to be able to do things that other teams just simply can't do like they just don't have the horses to do it uh we have not all of us we have not spoken other through uh text messages on the phone we were we were in a group chat during that uh that chiefs bills masterpiece it, and actually before we even, get even further than that Was that a classic game or was that an example of uh, the NFL basically setting it up so that offenses are going to succeed no matter what? Because I'm seeing a lot of people saying it was a classic, but I ain't never seen 25 points in the last two minutes of a football game before. And it was like literally two gunslingers going at it in Mahomes and Josh Allen. Um, Jalen, let's start off with you. Uh, Did you consider that game a classic for starting off?
7: Uh, I, I would have to say, yeah, man. But see, the thing, that, okay, so the well, definition I, of classic has been yeah. so so loose as of now. You know, um, we have yeah. a very small, especially people around my age. We got a very small window of uh, recall and like. It seems like you know, every two three weeks this year, there was a game where someone was like, "Oh, this was a all time game."
0: So I, I run um, into that with, with younger LeBron James fans like all the time. Exactly.
7: Yeah. But, um, I would say just due to the circumstances and the amount of points that were scored in a two minute window and then in, into the overtime, I would say that yes. And due to the fact that it was a playoff game, winner going to the AFC championship, uh, were you know, possibly these were two of the favorites coming out of the AFC to start the year, so the anticipation that built up. And then the product that was put out on the field, I would say they both coincide to lead to for me to say that this was, this was a classic game. Uh, I wouldn't say I, I personally I would say this game, the last one I could think of was, was that 2017, 2018, that Chiefs, Rams, when they was just scoring a whole bunch of oh, whole bunch yeah. Of and that was one night that, game. yeah, a Monday night game. And that was one of the first games that kind of opened up this new area of just like you know, let's put up – let's see who can put up 100 points Well, if they can put up 100 points combined. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that that didn't really seem like that was much of a thing before. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say this right here, that was one of the best games I've ever watched just due to the, the suspense and just the, the agony on both sides and the answer, the question, and the answer again. It was just – it was a great – it was. I still can't figure
0: out – I still can't figure out how the Chiefs pulled this off because the Bills were up. 13 seconds to go. And I thought about my man, hot rod Funderburk when they were kicking off to the chiefs, because we had just had this conversation like a day before on the rundown about what Dallas did wrong (laughs) with their clock. Now, before I even ask you the question, Rod, I have to, I have to frame this because it wasn't exactly the same situation. The chiefs had three timeouts and they didn't run a quarterback draw up the middle of the field. And (laughs) they, they, I did notice something though. I don't know if you noticed it, but the Chiefs did not hand the ball to the referee. Like, when they when they did that second pass to Kelsey and they needed to spike it, they there was no referee in the, in the screen. Like, literally, they got down, they got situated, and, and that was it. And I think the same thing happened uh, in the Rams-Bucks game where there was no referee when Stafford got them down, when they got down there and Stafford had to spike it so they kicked the field goal to win. No referee touched that football. Like, and if you go back and watch that, there's no referee in the frame whatsoever. But in that Cowboys-49ers game, that became a big deal about how the ref needed to touch it and everything else. So I'm gonna tell you yeah. this though: after the
7: Kelsey, after the Kelsey catch, they called
0: timeout. Yeah, they did call timeout. So that didn't. Yeah. So that. So that negates the whole thing with the Chiefs part. But the. But the Bucks and Rams thing, there was no timeout, and literally they just lined up and spiked it before the ref got there, and they just kind of shrugged their shoulders on it. Rob, where were your emotions watching uh, the Chiefs go 45 yards in 13 seconds when you had just watched your boys kind of? Figure out a way to not do that, uh, in about roughly the same amount of time, uh, the week before.
1: Well, there was really no comparison, Des. I didn't compare it at all because it, you know the Chiefs had timeouts, so it, you know to me it wasn't a comparison. Plus, besides with the Cowboys, you know, we found a way to screw things up anyway, so you know it was one of those <laughs> deals. It, you know, we got a coach in um that's. And doesn't know how to do time management or anything like that, and he and everything that happened in the regular season, as far as time management, as far as having uh, uh, penalties, the most penalties done, all that was we saw again in the first playoff game for the Cowboys. So everything that we saw all year, all season for the Cowboys, it carried over into the uh, first playoff game. So really, there was no comparison. But you're talking about a guy. Like Patrick Mahomes, who has timeouts, he has Kelsey, he has Heel, and oh my it. goodness, man! I mean, I felt I as soon as they got the first pass and the first timeout, I was like, "This is going into overtime," and the Chiefs being at home, the yep. Bills are in trouble. And to be honest with you, Dez, I thought about you because you made a comment of. Yeah, had, our, had the Bills coach been the coach of the Panthers and we hired him, it would be us in the playoffs. And I was thinking, yeah, it might be you in the playoffs, but it also might be you getting ready to lose <laughs> this, uh, this divisional just before the championship game.
0: Panthers <laughs> north, man. So Bills, so Panthers that's north.
1: I got to across my mind.
0: God, it's so crazy. That 2015 <laughs> Panthers team, half of it felt like it got dismantled and went up north to Buffalo. And, like, I just sit there and look through the roster. I'm like, oh, my God, all these dudes were, were Panthers, like, three years ago. Now they're up there dealing with Pat Mahomes. This is actually a good question from Drell Mason. Uh, shout out to Drell for listening to the rundown this morning. And I'm going to direct it to you, Aaron, because you're the uh, the Chiefs uh, aficionado here in, on the panel. Why is it, in your opinion, that Eric Bieniemy can't land a head coaching job uh, I think that's the only way Kansas City has some drop-off. W- why do you think Eric Bieniemy isn't – he's not getting any uh, – it doesn't feel like he's getting any opportunities to even interview. W- what do you think is going on?
5: Um, specifically, I think Eric Bien-Ami, um, in regards to a head coaching job in the day and age that we live in, Eric Bieniemy did have some uh, criminal allegations against him, I think dating back to his days at Colorado. Oh. Um, so that's a little that's a little known fact, and that's one of those things that these day and age, um, will people will dig up on you, especially if you're on you're the owner of an NFL franchise or you're the GM and you're in charge of hiring a head coach. Uh, uh, optics is one thing you have to take a look at. So if you feel like you're going to hire a head coach, uh, that track record has to be squeaky clean these days. You don't want to get out there at the press conference and somebody goes, "Hey, uh, this guy did X, Y, and Z," and now you got a whole Me Too movement. Outside the stadium every Sunday, it's not a good look.
0: Whole Urban Meyer situation going on, Where yeah, I'm, I'm
5: not saying that's specifically what's going on in Air case, but I'm saying that could have something to do with it because on the field, uh, the resume speaks for itself.
0: Now, do, does he call the plays or, is, or does Andy Reid call the plays? Because I mean, I thought, I thought uh, maybe that's what I was think it,
5: the it's, a, it's a. I know Andy probably has final say, you know, Andy always has that Waffle House play sheet in front of him, um, but Air <laughs> is. In tandem with with Andy Reid calls the play. So, yeah, answer to answer your question, and enemy does cause, does call plays for Kansas City. They also, interesting enough, they seem to have a loose running offensive system. Uh, if you go back and look at some of those extra clips that they showed from the AFC Championship game, you actually see Travis Kelsey talking with Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes about mm-hmm. what they can do on that final drive and about the Buffalo defense. Uh, Kelsey coming up on that last completion on the 13-second drive, looked at Pat and said, hey, if they play it this way, the seam is open. And Pat just kind of acknowledged them, didn't really say anything, they come to the line, and you hear Pat say, Kels, do it, do it. And all Kels does is go, "Uh uh-huh. And he gives them the fake to the outside, immediately to the seam, and it's wide open. So they communicate on the fly like that as well. So it looks like they have a lot of leeway to look at the defense and do do what they need to do to, to be successful.
0: Backyard football at its finest. Like, literally, they were drawing plays up in the dirt. So, I, I gained a lot of respect. Like, watching, I saw those clips and just how they just stayed poised. Like, a lot of teams just don't stay, they're not prepared for those kind of situations. And the Chiefs felt like they were prepared. Now, having said that, the Bills felt like super prepared. Like, coming into Arrowhead, probably one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. The way Josh Allen played justified the $275 million, whatever he just ended up signing. I felt like it justified, and I felt like we're going to see them again uh, playing each other. Now, I, I didn't want to label them the next Brady-Manning because the next Brady-Manning rivalry might be what we're about to watch on Sunday in the AFC Championship game, which is the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, the upstart Bengals taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in their fourth uh, AFC Championship game in a row. Uh, they've hosted all four of them, but these Bengals ain't scared, man. They are not scared in the least bit. Matter of fact, they beat – uh the Chiefs week 17 if I'm not mistaken uh Joe burrow man Joe burrow is a problem he uh in that game I'm trying to find his stats from that game because he threw for over 400 plus yards uh yeah 30 for 39 446 yards four touchdowns no interceptions and a passer rating of 148.0 um Aaron what are your what are your initial thoughts yes what's I even think? more
1: pressing Cool, is he had nine sacks and was still able to do what he did that is very impressive to have nine nine sacks in a in a playoff game like that and come back win the game in the fashion that they did i mean awesome didn't rattle them didn't shake them at all i'm very impressed with joe burrow
0: to me to me it showed as a panther fan that all the panther fans have been harping about well we need offensive line we need offensive line the Bengals, they don't have an offensive line. They just have a top-rated quarterback. They can get the ball out of his hands, and he's accurate. You can kind of negate not having a great offensive line if you've got a guy back there that can do it. But you got they, to they
7: got they got better skilled players than y'all do
0: too, though. That's true too. Like Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. Everybody knows their roles. Everybody Tyler knows what And then
7: they got Joe Mixon, yeah. who, who's not too far off from McCaffrey, and he
0: played more. So, so I mean, they're so and they're playing loose. Like they have nothing to lose. They came into these playoffs ten and seven. So. Uh, I, again, I'll direct it back to you, Aaron. Are you concerned about this matchup, or do you feel like uh, the Chiefs have been here before? They should be fine.
5: Right. What, what are your thoughts I, going into this? Right. I think those things come into account. I think those things came into account in the Buffalo Bills divisional championship game. Uh, like you said, they weren't routed. They've been here before, they played many a tough games uh, in Arrowhead. The past three or four years, it's fair to say the Chiefs play the Super Bowl every week. They get everybody's best shot every week. Um, yeah. Everybody wants to beat Pat. Everybody wants to beat 10. You know, they they want to beat these guys. Um, not many people have been able to do it. Uh, but in regards to the Bengals who were able to do it uh, towards the end of the regular season, um, you know, that, that does raise a level of concern when a team has been able to beat you. Uh, things different this time around, it will be an arrowhead. Um, additionally to that, I don't see Jamar Chase going for 200-plus yards like he did the last time. You know, that's something that that doesn't happen every week. You know, you don't get 200-yard games every week. You just don't. Right. It's the NFL. Um, so I would look forward to Spags uh, putting the safety back to make sure they don't get cooked over the top. And there's some of those 50-50 balls, you know, they could have went either way. They literally, you know, Chararius Ward was in good position, had his hand on a few of those balls. So let's say some of those balls don't go the other way this time, and, you know, the game turns out a little different. Um, but it's such a close game that that I'm not – it was such a close game the first time around, and I'm not too concerned about the Chiefs. I uh, like the Chiefs' chances uh, against the Bengals. I do look forward to a highly competitive matchup, though.
0: Real quick, guys, uh, before I hit this break, uh, let's go down the route. Uh, prediction time. Who well, You got AFC Championship matchup here. Uh, Bengals, Chiefs, Chiefs hosting, Pat Mahomes, uh, Joe Burrow, gunslinger matchup. Jalen, who you got? Chiefs, Bills, for the right to go to the Super Bowl and represent the AFC.
7: Well, uh, my heart, my my head is telling me Kansas City, but I just think Joe Burrow and the boys might be just a little too much. So I say Jamar Chase for two hundred and twenty yards, just because Aaron <laughs> said it ain't gonna happen.
0: <laughs> Rod, that's usually how it goes down too. Like one of us will say something that the complete opposite happens when it uh the game gets played. Uh Rod, your thoughts? Chiefs versus bill I mean not bill excuse me, Chiefs versus Bengals. Uh the Bengals trying to get back to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1989, I believe it is, against the 49ers, which strangely enough, we might actually get that rematch 49ers and Bengals. Who would have picked that as a Super Bowl when the season began? Uh,
1: who you got in this AFC championship game, Rod? Yeah, man. Uh to me, this is the NFL. So it's very hard to beat a team twice. Already uh Kansas City in the season to a little into the playoffs and they have that so that they could be the big, but I think the Chiefs still have that in the back of their minds. You don't go out the arrowhead and just uh, there and the Chiefs just lay down and let you win in arrowhead. That's just not gonna happen. So I have the Chiefs winning this ball game by a score of thirty-four to twenty-seven.
0: Took me a high-scoring joint, and then, I don't even know if I need to ask you, uh, Aaron. But I, I'm going to ask you who you know uh, in this matchup between. You need to ask.
5: You know what? You know what time it is. I will say <laughs> this: uh, uh, Andy Reid has been around a long time, so I think Andy Reid is is wise enough to understand that he may see these bangles again. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Andy kind of limited the playbook a little bit, kind of kept stuff close to the vest. So that this time around, he's got some new things to play with, some things they haven't seen, throwing some new wrinkles uh, that could possibly be the difference in the game. So, of course, Kansas City going back to the Super Bowl could also possibly get a Chiefs 49ers rematch as well, uh, ooh, which honestly ooh. I don't want to see just because of the optics. I, just, I don't want to see all that red on the field. I just I want to <laughs> see the red and the blue. That's what I want.
0: Hey I, hey, I said it last week. The 49ers are that one team that's in this field that nobody really wants to see just because of the way they are. Like – They're the only team left where they when they run the football, they look for people to hit like when they get past the line. Like you can tell a difference between a team kind of looking for a hole and a team that's looking for a player like to put their helmet through. And like the 49ers, they run upright like they run like this, like they're looking for someone to hit. It's January. Like nobody wants to get hit (laughs) in January. They want to hit other people. They don't want to be the ones getting hit, especially on defense.
5: So they're very big. They're very fast. They're very physical. Um, and I think they're underrated because of their seeding. Um, but mm-hmm. the NFC, the NF, the 49ers the specifically NFC have been playing really good football for a long time. For a long time, they've been playing some good football. They were injury riddled last year. So this really should not we're be a surprise for anyone period. what they seeing from the what they're seeing from the 49ers out west. Agreed.
0: And these and they're they're gonna we're gonna preview the NFC championship uh game in hour number two. Um I, for this game, uh, as we uh hit this break here this is hard because every time I doubt the Bengals, they ended up winning the game or whatever. Uh, every time I think Joe Burrow is going to have one of these games where he finally comes down to earth, he just hasn't. Um, he's got, they got the skill players. I'm still a little tentative about the Chiefs defense. Um, is uh, Honey Badger playing Sunday? Uh, he was out. This from,
5: past all week- report, right? from all reports, it looks like he's trending towards playing. Um, They're going to keep it close to the vest, I would imagine. But it looks like he's trending towards play.
0: Because I felt like the Bills got away with a lot of stuff because Tyron Matthew wasn't on the field uh, in the second half. Um, I'm going to pick the Chiefs because I'd rather see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl than the Bengals, if that makes any sense. Like, I I always want a good matchup in the Super Bowl. And right now, I'm thinking Chiefs-Rams might be the best matchup, like, for viewing purposes. Pray for Uh, Chiefs-Rams. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I'm trying to think. Staff, <laughs> Stafford versus if Mahomes. Cowboys boys don't like real football. <laughs> Plus, it's at SoFi, so the Rams would actually be hosting the Super Bowl, which would be the second year in a row after it never happened. Um,
5: I think it would be also, good theater. Both years, the Chiefs would have to play against the team hosting the Super Bowl. Exactly, right. Yeah, like that whole thing. Like it just But if the Niners make it, it, it's gonna
7: be a home game for them, so it really don't matter. Whoever is
0: coming, they were saying they were saying for that uh for for the Rams 49ers NFC game that like over 65 percent of the tickets sold are estimated to be gotta (laughs) fans. The Raiders gone. I mean, the 49ers yeah.
7: is the oldest tenure team in the state of California. And they got,
0: they got rings. They got, they got rings. So, I most mean. Historic, you know, one of the most historic franchises in the whole league. I, I just saw something. And I got to take this break. I saw something online uh, late last night where it was like um, with Big Ben announcing his retirement. It was like over the past, I think like 18 years or something like that, every single Super Bowl has had either Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, or the 49ers in it and i started thinking i was like dang okay yeah i guess that's i guess that's right so um we're gonna take a quick break when we come back some major league baseball shocker we don't really talk a lot of baseball on the rundown but we do when it gets into stuff like this barry bonds roger clemens uh not elected to the baseball hall of fame this week david ortiz was elected to the baseball hall of fame this week uh with over 75 percent uh voting him in there's something all three of these gentlemen have in common. We're going to dissect uh, how they did not get in, how Big Poppy did get in, and was that right? Was that the right decision? You can chime in on Facebook Watch or on uh, YouTube with your opinions on this. Do you think Bonds and Clemens should have made it into the Hall of Fame? We'll get into that and more next here on The Rundown, WWBG, 1470 AM and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. You're
6: listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson.
0: Enter your softball team into the Diamond Stars Invitational March 19th and 20th at Springwood Park in Burlington, North Carolina. Age brackets are for 10 and up for a one-day event, 12 and up, and 14 and up. With Diamond Star Events, you get more games, longer time limits, quality competition, and prizes to all champions. With Diamond Star Events, get the tournament experience your players, coaches, and families deserve. For more information and to sign up, visit DiamondStarEvents.net.
8: Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Now with three locations across the triad, in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville, Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair. All tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So, try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at beamertire.com.
0: Craving fried chicken? Stop by One Stop on the way to the big game. One Stop number six, located at 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville, serves fresh fried chicken and famous taters seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Craving wings? Come try the new spicy breaded wings. Get a five wing meal with six taters in a roll for just seven thirty-nine. dollars Now in regular, hot, ranch or spicy. One stop number six, 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. Looking to change things up a little? Visit Salon Resi. Located at 765 East Bluemont Road, Suite 200 in Mount Airy, Salon Resi is the newest high end, full service salon and spa in the triad. Salon Resi's spa includes massages and skin care a full highlight treatment, shampoo and style, color and retouch, and much, much more. Salon Resi, where passion and creativity meet. 765 East Bluemont Road, Suite 200 in Mount Airy.
6: Back to the Rundown with Desmond Johnson.
0: Welcome back to The Rundown here on a Saturday morning. Some snow on the ground for the third Saturday in a row. Desmond Johnson here with you. Hot Rod Thunderberg, Aaron Gabriel, Jalen Gilkey in the house for our number one of The Rundown. Don't forget, you can participate in this live show uh, and interact with us on Facebook Watch as well as Sports Carolina Monthly's YouTube channel. Uh, and you can watch this also on Twitter. Uh, you can hear this on WWBG 1470 AM in the Triad. And, of course, you can stream it on your hip at radio.com. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Barry Bonds is the all-time leader in home runs uh, in Major League Baseball history. Roger Clemens has won seven Cy Young Awards. Uh, Neither one of them will be voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame by the voters. Uh, They were on the final 10th ballot this past week, did not meet the 75% threshold needed to get in. However uh big poppy david ortiz from the boston red sox did get in uh 10-time all-star over 20 seasons uh he got 77.9 percent of the ballots unveiled i kind of had an issue with this because uh if i'm not mistaken david ortiz failed a drug test uh in 03 and the the uh the baseball commissioner Uh, here recently basically just said he didn't think that that was enough to warrant not putting Ortiz into the Hall of Fame so I guess the question here is should Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens have made it into the Hall of Fame based off of the fan vote considering when they did what they allegedly did it elevated baseball back to prominence again Um, we've spoke about it on this show about how the home run chase in 98 was like the cool thing, like in sports that year, McGuire and Sosa, Griffey was there in the very beginning of it. Um, and it kind of, it was right after the strike and it kind of made all of us, because we're not baseball fans like that. I know Jalen's a diehard baseball fan, but we're not. And like, we don't really even touch it in the summertime on the rundown. But we talked about that. We talked about that home run chase and what it meant to sports in general. Everybody kind of knows who the home run king is or who who's the single season leader for home runs, it's like one of those records that you just kind of know. But you, a lot of people don't know that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is a top scorer in NBA history, that that kind of thing. So I guess I want to start it off with you, Jalen, because you're the baseball guy here. Should Bonds and Clemens, in your mind, be in the Hall of Fame or or should they not be in the Hall of Fame and why?
7: Oh, so I'm, this is a complicated thing, right? Um, did these guys – kind of dilute the product, not dilute the product, but kind of cheat the game by using steroids. The consensus says yes, right? Uh, you guys touched on the the things that these men did for the game of baseball in those mid-90s, late-90s. Um, but I, I want to take it to this. What, what specifically Bonds and Clemens did in the 80s, before there was a true – steroid scandal was enough to get them into the hall of fame you know what i'm saying so it it really doesn't make sense i don't know if you guys know this but my dad played in the mlb for a while
0: okay no he told
7: he told me this barry bonds in pittsburgh was the greatest baseball player he has ever seen with his own eyes i mean the man won three mvps in pittsburgh so i mean we're not the things that we're talking about i mean let's go to the numbers right Roger Clemens. My computer's acting real slow. Okay. Roger Clemens, right? His first six years of his career in Boston, I mean, what did he win? Two, three Cy Youngs? And this is (laughs) all by 1990. So, like, people are making an argument for Kirk Schilling to get in the Hall of Fame. Kirk Schilling never even won a Cy Young. His more like
0: postseason. Yeah, the boy's sock. Yeah, exactly.
7: But... Roger Clemens won three Cy Youngs before the 90s. So, like, what do we... I, now, there are certain people, like... I'm going to just put out, throw out, throw out a name, Jose Canseco, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't...
7: I say he doesn't get in just because of the fact that there was clear a super jump in his performance during the steroid era. These other couldn't
0: guys... Couldn't you say the same about Bonds, though? Because Bonds was never... I, I, bro, fifty home run hitter or whatever, just kind of you. You like,
7: hitting forty five. You you hitting forty yeah, five. Now I get it. That's not seventy, right? Not it's, seven. not, <laughs> it's not sixty five, right? Cool. No. I understand that But if you already <laughs> been elected and voted the the best player in the league three times before, there's even a steroid controversy whatsoever, then they lend to him being in the, the Hall of Fame. Yes, I, I mean I see that already. I mean like. So, I mean, he's doing he's done things that only two three guys have done before he even before there was even a steroid controversy
0: me, okay so I'm gonna open it back up here to the panel with hot uh, rod and Aaron here do you think that they didn't get in because of the way they treated the media while they played because that no. seems to be the main difference between them and yeah, ortiz that does,
7: that, that, does, that that does definitely play a factor in
0: it. No. I mean in the in the vote like part press part well no it's all press for I mean, it could it, it
1: could play a part in it But, you know, we're talking about, well, we agree that they did have steroid usage, which made the game fun. You know, I love seeing them go back and forth trying to hit home runs the whole nine. The problem was I went back and looked at the Hall of Fame voting and the rules. And the Hall of Fame said it asked all voters to decide based upon a player's record, a player's ability, a player's integrity, a player's sportsmanship, a player's character and team contributions. In reading that, there are two places where these guys could be held and left out. That would be in the integrity area, and that would be in the character area. So if we go by the rules that are set forth by the Baseball Hall of Fame, these are rules before these guys started playing baseball. These are rules before the uh, so-called steroid scandal came up. That is what is keeping these guys out of the Hall of Fame people who don't believe that steroids should have been in the game and they believe that they had their conquests due to steroids, they're going to call it that these players had very low integrity, and they're also going to say the steroid flawed these guys' character. So the integrity and the character are the two reasons that you've got Bonds out, you've got probably Sosa out, you've got Schilling out, you've got Clemens out, you've got Omar viscale out. I mean, that is People's. the reason— I think that these guys are not in the Hall of Fame. Now, when you look at just what they did on the field, man, I loved it. They made baseball fun. It was great to watch baseball. Hell, I don't even want to watch baseball no more because you don't have that kind of excitement, that kind of competition. It's just those not stars. there anymore. But yeah, when you those look stars at these rules there. now, I, now I understand why these guys aren't being voted into the Hall of Fame. Doesn't mean I agree with it, but due to the rules that are written to get into the Hall of Fame, I now understand.
0: Aaron, you, I, I noticed your face was kind of scrunched up there tr- listening to these reasons
5: why they shouldn't be in. Uh, your thoughts. <laughs> ba- ba- baseball makes me sick to my stomach. And i tell you why. Baseball thinks since the 1930s still. Okay? They still think they're king, ding, dong over the whole sports world. And the truth of the matter is nobody cares. Okay? Their team is too when the NFL gets on in August, you got to be wrapped there, okay? Don't get play playoffs in October the NFL is going full swing because I'm not watching. I don't care. I will watch an NFL regular season game before I watch an MLB playoff game every time, okay? So baseball can't get out of its own way. They got the pop- possibly one of the most popular stars of all time in Barry Bonds. They want to gatekeep and keep him out of the Hall of Fame for no other good reason other than he was mean to them. He was- there's no other reason. We're going to sit here and act like baseball cheaters. Baseball has been cheating since cheating was invented. They just called <laughs> the World Series cha- champion Astro cheating and did nothing. They not do anything. You know what yeah. I mean? So let's not sit here and act like baseball is just some high integrity uh, uh, place of, of moral uh upstand upstanding uh, um, um, individuals. They're not. It's full of cheaters. Everybody in baseball cheats. So you're gonna sit and tell me that Barry Barnes can't get in because he shot some steroids up? Let them all take steroids. I want to watch the home runs. I don't care about baseball right now. Let them take steroids. Shoot them up. I'm I'm trying to
0: remember was it even illegal when he was taking it because it was like no, 2001. Sure. That,
7: and that's the thing. That's the thing about uh, David Ortiz getting in, right? So yeah. there's a failed test in 2003. Now the MLB they had the whole crackdown and they strengthened of the rules and everything is more regulated and it's clear cut now. You can't even take this type of pre-workout or the supplement and things like that. And so it's like um, 2004 is when they implemented all that. So that 2003 test for David Ortiz, his his perspective is, look, I mean, this is what the rules were then. Yeah, I had a failed test, but there wasn't any... There was
0: no constant. There was no rule. That. That's, that's where no, I no am time. with it. That's why I don't blame McGuire and Sosa and those guys for it. Because at the time, I remember, like, news reporters would be in the locker room, especially that year. McGuire had a bunch of people around his locker all the time. And and right behind them would be these huge vats of uh, uh, creatine and like all kinds of stuff. We were doing creatine in college when we were working out and it, and it works like literally you feel like when you're, when you're taking creatine regularly, I don't even know if they sell it like that anymore, but back then you go to GNC and buy a big two month vat of it. And you would just, you know, like a powder and you just drink it for your workout stuff. And literally, you felt like you could work out all day that day, and then you woke up the next day, and you weren't as sore, so you could go back and lift more. And like it, I put on some weight, like some, like some pounds, like doing creatine in college. And he had all that stuff with him. All of it was legal at the time. So how can we go back and say, well, now it's not legal, and we know you were doing it at the time, so we're going to punish you by not putting you in the Hall of Fame, where all, of those, all of those guys, McGuire, Bonds, Clemens, see, was, the thing about that, that is, down, they, they, knew, they knew what
7: they was doing.
0: Like, that's, yeah, they well, knew, what knew what they did for the body. That's but of, that's
7: that's that that's, that's the principle of cheating the game because you knew, and you were giving yourself this competitive a- advantage that, that the rest of the guys didn't have. You understand? And, and baseball, there's that camaraderie about the grind because it's 162, and everybody's on the same playing for everybody's dealing with the same type of stuff. But if you putting this stuff in your body, and then it's giving you the ability to, you know, you might work out once a day before a game or whatever, maybe three times a week before the game. But now you can work out twice a day before every before game, and before yeah. and after every game, just because you can recover and get back on your feet. You know what I'm saying? That that's where that's where really the issue comes in. That's the character and the integrity part of it. And so, shout out because uh, you, I was about to say, shout out to Larry, man.
0: Yeah, shout out to Larry Frank, uh, who mentioned uh, your dad, Bernard, was a great player uh, in the NLV. Larry's one of our morning hosts, uh, frankly speaking, sports, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mornings at 11 uh, on Tobacco Road. Um, I will say this, though. I I feel like with Bonds in particular, I feel like it's basically because the press is voting them in. I feel like it's the press remembering how he was the last three four years with the giants when he was chasing the home run record and everything uh he i don't remember him being the most polite player to the media but you gotta
7: imagine like
0: very standoff you know,
7: all, all they wanted to talk about was the steroids and how you're achieving this record and do you feel like there's still integrity in this record that you're holding why would you want to talk to the people when those people are clearly trying to taint what you've worked you but he, know? but he I was mean, taking Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, right? That's the, that's the he thing, lied. though. But at the, in his, it, you know, in his perspective, right? It's like, why, why would I need not, to talk to you? Yeah, Exactly. We, if y'all aren't trying to celebrate what I'm doing, you know, it's I like think, every story that every time I do talk to you about it, it's like, okay, we're gonna turn it into this, we're gonna turn it into that, and it's not, you know, not what he's wanting to put out there. It's not his narrative, it's not a, a celebratory thing. So that's how that got there.
0: Yeah, I mean, in the end. To your original point, uh, you know, you're right. That if Bonds had just stopped playing with the Pirates and never started taking anything, he'd be he'd be first ballot Hall of Famer. He would have already been in.
5: He'd be in uh, Hall, so Hall of he'd, Fame. In, he'd be in Hall of fame. Was,
0: yeah. I think everyone agrees that no his question. first half of his yeah. career was a Hall of Fame career. I think it's sad that he felt like he had to take stuff because he started doing it. I, I forgot the name of the book. My wife got it for me. It's the one details, the Balko scandal and the cream, the clear, all the stuff that he was taking or whatever. Uh, and goes really behind the scenes. And, and a lot of that stuff during that chase in the 2001 season, where what do you end up with? 70, 72, 74, something like that. I don't even remember what the record is now uh, that he pushed out there. So um, I remember reading that book thinking he's being really just like, I can't really use the words cause we're on radio, but, being a meanie he's been a meanie to the press like these are the guys are going to vote him in it's kind of the same way with terrell owens and the media and him getting into the hall of fame for football where it was the same way where there was just this this relationship between him and the media that prevented him from getting in when he should have gotten in bonds just took it to a level where i remember he was like insulting the press and like just really being standoffish and just kind of like, you know, don't talk to me, but, uh, but he wanted that attention. That's why he started taking the stuff in the first place. He saw the, the, the Maguire Sosa home run chase in 98 and was like, I got to hop on that train. And, and he did. And because of it, he's not going to get in now. They still can get into the hall of fame. They just won't get voted in by the media. Yeah. So he can still get in. On the uh, the BBWAA ballot, or no, that's the, what they're done on. That's the Baseball Writers uh, Association. Uh, they can be considered again next year by the Today's Game Era Committee. It's a 16-person committee of hall members, executives, and veteran media members. They'll meet next December to consider players who played between 1988 and 2016 who are no longer eligible for the regular ballot. Um among other first timers on the ballot, Alex Rodriguez and Jimmy Rollins got the most support. There is no um, way Alex
7: Rodriguez makes it to
0: the Hall and of Fame. Bonds ain't in there, I don't see how they could put Rodriguez. If in Alex that.
7: Rodriguez makes it to the Hall of Fame, I'm going to flip
0: everything over. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. Now, he's got, he hit 696 home runs, he won three league MVPs. He was banned for the whole 2014 season after violating the drug policy. Just lying.
5: He dated J-Lo. He dated <laughs> he J-Lo. <laughs> J-Lo. That's got to be enough to get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that'll <laughs> get, you get, fame. get you in every time dating
0: J-Lo. He messed that up, too. He messed that up. In my Hall of he cheated on nah, her. I'm like, who in the know. world did you cheat on Jennifer Lopez with? She, like she is... knew
1: about it. She knew about it. They she was involved. Knew. It was all it, it was consensual. He, all three. Look, of them. man, you wake up I,
5: look, man. I, you wake up every day looking like uh 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 Alice Rodriguez. That's a handsome fella, okay? You wake up every day looking like Alex Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez, you would have a hard time going to Harris Teeter too, okay. <laughs> That oh, joke man, got man. all that money, it got hazel
0: eyes. You know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh! And he's kind of he's kind of changed the, the perception of him in the media too by no, doing a lot ain't. of ESPN work and calling. All him the Rockies. Stuff.
4: You see, me. but
0: you a true, but you a true baseball fan. You yeah. go hold that grudge against him, yeah. and that's why Bonds ain't in the Hall of Fame because there's people <laughs> baseball fans like you that hold it against Bonds. Like what you doing, but. Y'all were all cheering for him when it was going on. Like y'all were all cheering for. I ain't um, never cheered for everybody <laughs> We gotta take a quick break. When we come back, though, we're gonna flip this around a little bit of barbershop talk. Who, in your opinion, or what, in your opinion, is the worst franchise in all of sports? Uh, all the major uh, sports uh, leagues: MLB, NBA, NFL, whatever it is. We're gonna go around the table. Who do you feel is the worst franchise in sports and why? We'll get to that in just a bit. If you want to chime in on that, you can hit us up on Facebook. Watch, type in your opinion of who the worst the worst team is in all the sports franchises. Here in just a bit, you're listening to The Rundown on WWBG 1470 AM and Tobacco Road sports Radio.com. We're
6: listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson.
1: This is Donald Ware, host of Box to Row. Steve White of NFL Network joins me. We'll also talk NFL Conference Championships right here on Box to Row.
0: From Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware, Saturdays at 9 a.m. on Tobacco TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Blue Naples Pizzeria in Kernersville is now hiring. Come look for one of the best Italian restaurants in the triad. Currently hiring dishwashers, cooks, front cashiers, and more great hours, great pay. Give them a call at 336-993-7707 or stop by and inquire at 1519 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. Start working this week. Blue Naples Pizza.
5: This is Donald Ware.
3: The wait is over. Simply Sonya's Southern Cuisine and Cocktails is now open. 3050 University Parkway inside the Best Western Plus Hotel. Open seven days a week, starting at 11 a.m. daily. Freshly made Southern cuisine with signature cocktails and lunch specials daily. The location for your next event with Simply Sonya's catering specials. Open now. Simply Sonya’s Southern cuisine and cocktails. 3050 University Parkway inside the Best Western Plus Hotel in Winston-Salem. York Home Inspections provides a vast array of home inspection services right here
0: in the heart of the triad. Exterior, insulation, ventilation, structural, appliances, roofing, radon testing, pest inspections, electrical, plus HVAC, new construction inspections, animal maintenance, and more. Owner John Taylor York has been in business since 2012 and treats each inspection as if it's his own home. Schedule your appointment online with John at YorkHomeInspection94.com or call 336-442-8315. York Home Inspections quality home inspections. Kim source direct is a single source supplier in business. Since 2007, they have over 80,000 products for customers just like you located in the heart of North Carolina. They supply cleaning products all throughout the southeast. Whether you're a commercial business office or municipal building looking for wholesale cleaning products, chemicals, cleaning equipment or service, they've got you covered. Please reach out and start saving money today. Stop by their store open to the public and save Kim source direct 1207 South Park Drive in Kernersville. Give them a call at 336-515-9990. Order from the website at direct.com.
6: back to the rundown with desmond johnson
0: welcome back into the rundown here on saturday morning live January 29th, 2022. Get a little Mary J. Blige action in there with No uh, hater racing
5: in my dance-a-ree!
0: <laughs> with uh, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg on the halftime show for the Super Bowl here in two weeks that everybody's talking about. Um I saw that Mary was uh, saying she had to pick one song that she was gonna be able to perform during this performance. Uh, I'm, I'm like a tragedy you don't get to pick nothing, Mary. you sing singing Family Affair. Like, Dr. Dre paying for this. Was so like, you, you think we'll go out there and do Real Love? No, nah, you, you're doing Family yes. Affair. Man. That's why we asked <laughs> here. You know what I mean? She was like, 30-year catalog. I don't know what I'm going to end up doing. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know what you're going to end up doing? you doing you doing this. But you got
7: to think though, they all going to do that. So, she got to yeah. pick
0: one song. That's her That's her biggest hit, too. I didn't realize it till I was reading about it. That's the first uh, number one that Dr. Dre and her had had she uh individually to it's fair. She gonna do by herself. Yeah, she wanna go out there and do that uh that Return of the Jedi dance she be doing. She go out there and she start kicking her legs and yeah start crossing people over and stuff. Like she wants to get out there and do if she does that people are gonna go crazy.
1: If like, they
5: don't do
9: that, out. then what are we doing? <laughs> love the marriage dance.
0: Shout out to uh shout out to Zeke and uh on power book of ghosts who just found out he's 23 years old and thought he was 19. Um let me uh ask this question real quick what is the worst sports franchise like I've been sitting there trying to figure this out watching my Panthers do what they've been doing huh. past year or so and then watching the NFC South basically start to implode underneath them and think man if they had just got this decision right and this decision right and that decision right they would be <laughs> in a perfect position to, to take over the NFC South like right now man, and, uh, man well, if only
5: y'all were any good y'all would have won a division this year <laughs>
0: You know what I mean? Like if McCaffrey hadn't been hurt, like the last years three the years, Tom, he's been able to be out there. And if we hadn't, you know, cut Cam Newton just to bring him back two quarterbacks later and pay the guy that we brought in to replace him to go play in Denver and then bring in another dude from the jets. That's never been good thinking that we could re- rejuvenate his career. We've done all these little things. We would be set up because it looks like Tom Brady might be close to retirement. Uh, we'll talk about that in hour two. Uh, Sean Payton is well, I away. We hit from- the numbers last
7: week. I had to be a <laughs>
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I went through all that in my mind, and I'm thinking, we're not the worst sports franchise. We've been to two Super Bowls in 25 years. We've won some division titles. We, we've had some notoriety nationally, Cam Newton, Steve Smith, blah, blah, blah. So we're not the worst, but we're not the best by far. But I'm worried that there is a team in the state of North Carolina that could be considered one of the worst sports franchises I'll, I'll go last. We'll start off with you, uh, Rod. Who who would you pick to be the worst sports franchise out of the major uh, leagues right now?
1: Man, to be honest with you, the, the worst sports franchise to me is a franchise that's in a very large market. And that's the New York Jets. I mean, who's more depressing than the New York Jets? Their they only had the one Warriors, championship, yeah. one Super Bowl. I think it was Super Bowl number three back in 1968. You know, they've fallen big time since then, and not only that, their fans don't even get mad anymore. At least, me as a Dallas Cowboy fan, I get mad and pissed off when we screw (laughs) up and do stupid stuff. When the Jets do stupid stuff now, their fans don't even get mad, they just like that's yeah, that that is what it is. It's It's cool. And you telling me that your fans don't get mad anymore? You have reached the lowest level of low that you can hit. When your fans are like, hey, it is what it is. That's what we do.
0: That's what we do around here with the Jets. I can't even argue that. Jets got to be in consideration. Uh, Aaron, what's the first team that comes to mind when you think of the worst sports
5: franchise? Well, the first first team that comes to mind is the Cleveland Browns. But that's not Mm -hmm. where I'm going because the Cleveland Browns got it. They've had some – they got the short end. I was talking to a Browns fan last night. Uh, and I was telling how I felt bad for them because they're actually oh, the Ravens. The Ravens are all the Browns. That's true. So That's they true. would be doing pretty good. That, you know that what that I mean? Um, I got in laws, they I do would...
0: kind of look at it that way. So <laughs> they kind of claim that Ravens. As soon simple, as
5: soon they started they the Ravens, they start winning. <laughs> winning. As soon as the Ravens, I for the Browns. Either way, yeah. um, I had to think a little harder, and I thought to myself. Who has been worse than the Minnesota Timberwolves? Nobody even thinks about, cares about, considers the Minnesota Timberwolves. Why? It's because perennially, they suck every year. That KG did nothing. They got this kid, Anthony Edwards. He's probably going to be out of there soon. They won't do nothing with him either. The Timberwolves, I wouldn't be surprised if over the last 30 years, they won a third of their games. Not even a third.
0: The sad thing about that is I forgot the Timberwolves existed. So that actually exactly. proves the point.
9: Yeah. Exactly. Like, I was just like,
7: oh my gosh, the Timberwolves.
9: <laughs> they, just played,
0: they just played the Warriors on TV the other day. <laughs> they just kind of they kind of show up. They show up, get beat, get
5: paid, and go home.
0: <laughs> Carl Anthony Town, shout out to uh to Cat. He up there stuck in the uh... He's up there close to where Brandon is of Minnesota. Uh, he's
5: the new, he's
0: a new <laughs> KG. <laughs> yeah. Hey, KG still counting that uh, $120 million or whatever he got from Minnesota at the time. It was like the biggest deal in sports. Uh, and I was just like, how does Minnesota, how does the state of Minnesota have enough money to pay Kevin Garnett this money and have nothing Prince. else around him? Well, he had, he had stuff on board for a little bit.
5: <laughs> um, uh, all, the, all the money yeah. the state of Minnesota has is Prince's money. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They just, they're just siphoning <laughs> off of
0: Prince's Estate. Um, Jalen, who what's the first franchise that comes to mind when you think of the worst sports franchise?
7: Well, I got one in each of the major three, right? So I I'll go with the Jaguars just because uh Rod said the Jets. But I'm gonna go with the Jaguars, they were my one B. And the who? NBA, I said. I said the Jaguars with my 1B, because I was oh. going to say the Jets, but Rod said the Jets. I'll <laughs> so go with the Jags. In the NBA, I was going to say uh the Timberwolves, but my 1B is going to be the Clippers. Mm, still good. nothing. You know, made a lot of noise these last couple years. I ain't did nothing still. And then in the, M- <laughs> in the MLB, it might be Let's another see. Minnesota Twin, the team, the Twins, but I'm gonna go with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pittsburgh Pirates have yeah, been goal. good since
0: Bonds was there, right?
7: Yeah. yeah. Pittsburgh Pirates have Royals? been the atrocious.
1: No, nah, but see, they no, they, they went to no, they World, world a a Series. Yeah, the they, won, won they, the world they won a chip
7: and they went to world, two World Series in uh, thirteen and yeah. fourteen. Yeah. Who's so that? Zach Grink? Yeah, no, they. I I don't think he was there then. Uh, but. Had Salvador Perez and Alex uh, Gordon, and I remember my boy Gerard Dyson was out there stealing the bases out there with the motorcycle. They had a great a little run <laughs> there. Almost, but I'm, I'm gonna say the Pittsburgh Pirates haven't won the championship since 1979, haven't won the divisions since 1979. They won last time they won, um, excuse me, last time they won the division was in 1992, and that's my division with the Cardinals as well. So, this is a personal thing. And they've been in the playoffs 13, 14, 15. They went to the playoffs with Berth and got bounced out the first game all three years.
5: I, I tell you who I give did. honorable, I tell you who I give honorable mention to, and this because they have a great storied history. But recently the Knicks have been awful. Yeah. Yeah. But they you know, but I'm, they look like they're on the upswing, they're kind of on the upswing with Julius Randle, but we'll see. But man, yeah, they've been real bad. He has
7: not been hooping
5: this
0: year. No, nah, so they kind of fell off a little bit the past month. They're, and they're football, like in football. I've got place. an
1: honorable mention in football, and that's gonna be them Detroit Lions.
0: Mm, never made a four Super Bowl one oh, of four teams, but never won one. Um
1: listen, the Detroit Lions are so daggone disillusioned that they thought Jim Caldwell having the winning season. But only winning nine, ten games wasn't good enough for them. That's how bad just, they just are. Just like,
7: just like Miami.
0: Yep. Just like yep. Miami. Yeah, just like Miami. That's I'm right. gonna. I don't want to even call them because they're my peoples. But the, honestly, one of the first teams that came to mind was the Charlotte Hornets. They've never made it past the conference semifinals in their their history. Um, the the sad thing is, in the '90s, the Hornets were like the hot like cool team everybody wanted the starter jacket you know what i mean like the out. Hornets, the, the hornets logo You're like you can't find the classic hornets logo on anything because I, I, I my wife tried to find some of that stuff for me for christmas i was like i don't want the the current logo i want hugo the hornet you know what i mean like that i want that <laughs> stuff it's hard to find without well, spending a couple uh stacks on something so i was gonna say charlotte i can't do that because it does feel like reporting on the team now and everything else, over the past two, three years, they have started making steps to build a base. Uh, Oh, they're fun right now. I just watched them play last night. Uh, Shout out to the Lakers who decided to not play Anthony Davis and LeBron James on this road game uh, with the Hornets on Friday night that was nationally televised on ESPN. (laughs) It was one of the games I actually thought about buying tickets for, and I'm so glad I didn't because I would have went in there flipping stuff over. Somebody
7: on my Instagram was at the game last night, so shout out to y'all. I know y'all was pissed
0: man upset and I went I started watching the second half Uh Charlotte ended up pulling out the victory it, they might be turning some things around they um, are. we'll see they, they're, they're playing well they're so much fun to watch with the mellow ball uh, Miles Bridges they had four dudes that scored like uh, 20 points I believe again last night the game before they scored 156 points I don't even remember who it was they dropped that on but that was a franchise record so they, they kind of getting there I'm going to say there, worst- there are a few they're a few seasons away, but the, yeah, they, got a, a they got years. a good young nucleus. They, yeah, they're very young. Uh, they probably need like a, a center or something. I'm going to actually go, as it stands right now, I'm going to go with the Washington football team. They don't even have a name. Uh, I don't know why <laughs> this is <like> so long. <laughs> it's been like three years now. They still haven't picked a name. They claim they're going to be unveiling one, I think, uh, I think after the season's early over Early next month? Yeah. Early February, I, they said
5: they're going to re- – I'm hearing it's this, commanders. Word on the street I, says it's commanders. See,
0: I they, heard it was. It uh, should be the
1: Wolverines.
0: I heard it was admirals. And the reason why this is how up the front office is with the Washington football team. When they announced they were going to be making this change, if you typed in washingtonadmirals.com that morning online, it directed you to the Washington football team website. By uh, afternoon, by the <laughs> afternoon, that was gone and you couldn't see it anymore. But it was all over twitter and i was like that can't be and i actually went and looked i'm like i'll be damned it does go to the the washington football team website so they couldn't even keep it a secret like i'm pretty sure it's gonna be the washington admirals and they couldn't even keep that a secret oh. they've won three Super Bowls, <laughs> but they haven't won one since 1991 uh three and 13 in 2019 dan snyder is the owner um they had the what was it? The scandal with the the calendars or something, and, and like employee like girls and the I don't know something. It, it was bad. It's bad. Uh, they don't the have emails. The Gruden emails between him and Dan Snyder and uh, the GM from Washington. I can't remember his name either. They just the, their fans expect so much. And they just haven't been able to give it to them. They are blessed to have Ron Rivera as a head coach. Ron Rivera is a very good head coach and a leader of men. I wish we had not let him go here in Carolina. But that's the only bright spot I can think of with Washington. Is, State, you is. Did
7: you, don't forget, it took Jay-Z seven years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Every time I think about that comment, it just makes me mad. <laughs> I'm like, it took the Bengals a year and a half. You know, <laughs> It took the Bengals a year and a half to be relevant again. Seven years. It took I, I don't want to I don't put Panthers. I don't want to put the Panthers in there. They are trending that way, though. Like, no, but football I, football I, football. I tell you, who is
5: trending that Y'all way? Just hired you said the ben Redskins. Nasty. You said the Redskins haven't won a championship since when? 91. 91. Hey, hey, Rod. When the last time the Cowboys won a chip? 1995. Year I was born. Oh, uh, I tell you <laughs> that. Yeah.
1: 95. Getting, was the last time. You're getting close, G. You're getting close, <laughs> bro. <bruh. laughs> but at least you're
7: close.
0: relevant.
1: That's the thing. The Cowboys stay
0: relevant. They, they at least we always are in the in the conversation. The mix. yeah, they're always in the conversation because y'all Why play playing the, the NFC East. Washington's an afterthought after the, hey, really we after just week. won the
1: NFC East. What you talking about?
5: That's hey, man, all, that's all about y'all win.
0: thought
5: wins.
1: about that.
5: Everybody man, knew y'all gonna win the NFC East when they put the schedule out. I'm hey, say, if, now, I was gonna say if y'all could. Hey,
1: now look, you wasn't saying nothing a couple years ago before the Chiefs won the championship. You hey, were real quiet in that Chiefs <laughs> hey, look. bag on hey, look. coming up in the studio. But I, the house, uh-huh. but I was still rapping,
5: But I was still rapping. I was <laughs> still rapping. It's been a long time since Matt Castle. It's a new day now. I'm hoping, I, I'm hoping the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl because I want to invite
0: Aaron back in and see if he can rectify the curse that happened last time he was on during a Super Bowl week when the Chiefs were on. But I'm afraid he's going to duck me if the Chiefs make it back. Yeah. I'm like, nah, I ain't yeah, doing that. That's yet. right. Listen,
1: at least when I my team fire. lose. It don't make me disappear for a year. <laughs> the Chief lose this bug, you can't even find him hiding under a branch. You can't Gone. find him hiding under a Gone. car tire. You can't find him nowhere.
0: We, I mean, we literally talked about it on the show for like a month and a half after the Super Bowl. I was like, where's Aaron? Have you talked to Aaron? No, I ain't seen him. Have you seen him? I, don't <laughs> I was like, no, this do right?
1: suicide
0: what <laughs> We don't, we don't do it He just disappeared. He went on social media. He went on nothing. We were just like, dang. <laughs> We're gonna leave him alone because he must be struggling off as well. I started to think that
1: man <laughs> a play the <of> lasagna,
0: boy.
1: <laughs> I was like, he probably ain't ate in weeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna try to bring we're gonna try to bring Aaron back on. We have to end hour one. Uh you guys are welcome to stick around. I've got uh, Josh Minsky coming in here from WTOB and Larry Frank from uh, Frankly Speaking Sports. They're gonna dissect the NFC Championship game, uh, as well as some other stuff. Plus, Candace Cooper and Connor O'Neill is gonna be on a little bit later on. Uh, here towards the bottom of the hour to do ACC roundtable. Look, Wake Forest is damn good. Miami yeah, is damn are. good. I don't know what's up with my Carolina Tar Heels. Um, so we, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh Duke, we'll get into all Huber,
9: that. Yeah, Hubert. Huber,
0: he's trying to do his thing, but it depends on Huber, where talking on the talking too
1: much. Hubert running his mouth too much. You need to shut up
0: Woo-hoo. and go to work. <laughs> I, I think a lot of it was that they had a lot of road games. Like, But still, Raw, and you can attest to this too, because you're a Carolina fan. I don't remember a year, even the eight and twenty year, I don't remember them losing a bunch of games by twenty plus points. Like no. I don't remember that at all. So like this is new for us. Like to see them just getting spanked by teams here and there, especially Wake Forest. Wake Forest beat the brakes off them boys the other night, like Jake, like, LaRavia. <laughs> Jake LaRavia out there looking like Dirk <laughs> on Carolina. Yeah, even I'm like, when,
1: when Wake Forest had Childress and Tim Duncan, I mean, they didn't beat us like that. Not like that. No,
0: not like that. Like, to the point where people were asking me when Rundown came back, they're like, how come y'all haven't had a segment with Carolina in it? Because we know you're a Carolina fan, and typically you figure out a way to get it into the show. But you haven't even mentioned Carolina the past two or three weeks. What's up? And I'm like, I didn't subconsciously, talk about- I just, yeah, I didn't, there was nothing. What am I supposed to say? Like, James,
7: man, he's sick of heartbreak. You sick of heartbreak. Right mean,
0: he beat us by 25. Form. Wake dropped a hundred on us. The thing he got is the Hornets, kind of. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> I'm living vicariously right now through the, uh, the magic of Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm having to sit there and watch them and root for them and then catch myself, like, Man, we, we got
5: room. No, come on, baby. <laughs> come, on, come, on, no. come on. I don't have anybody else
0: to cheer for. Every time I try to come cheer for on. somebody, they lose uh, in there. So you probably don't want me on the train. Yeah, I'm yeah, probably. don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're going off the tracks for sure. I got to take a break. Shout out to these three. Uh, we'll be back in just a bit for hour two of the rundown. You listen to the rundown, WWBG, 1470 AM, and Tobacco TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com.
6: You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson.
3: The wait is over. Simply Sonia's Southern Cuisine and Cocktails is now open. 3050 University Parkway inside the Best Western Plus Hotel. Open seven days a week starting at 11 a.m. daily. Freshly made Southern Cuisine with signature cocktails and lunch specials daily. The location for your next event with Simply Sonia's catering specials. Open now. Simply Sonia's Southern Cuisine and Cocktails, 3050 University Parkway, inside the Best Western Plus Hotel in Winston-Salem.
0: The Father Tom is undefeated. It's going to hit Tom Brady eventually, too. It might
1: be this year. Hopefully it's this year. And Matt LaFleur went to both of them and said, hey, remember that play you drew up on notebook paper on Thursday? Yeah, run it now. Like,
0: that's the thing that's kind of tripping me up here. We've been clowning Kyrie Irving and his behavior for the past five years. I feel like I just got a point,
5: like on a show or something.
0: <laughs> Three, two, one. Kurzweil, you've got state champions coming back home. The East Versailles Eagles. I've just won Class 4A state championship. On the line with NASCAR superstar Bubba Wallace. Bubba, what type of music are you listening to right now? Do you listen to anything particular to get you hyped before a race? I'm um, in, like, the heavy metal stuff, like the screamo stuff, the stuff I can't understand. <laughs> That's right on my alley. Tie
1: game at 41. Mur takes the snap. Fade, right corner of the end zone for Timmins. He oh bobbled God. it and then honed it in in the right corner
5: of the end zone to Will Timmins Jr.
0: TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, your home for Triad Sports. Kim Source Direct is a single source supplier. In business since 2007, they have over 80,000 products for customers just like you. Located in the heart of North Carolina, they supply cleaning products all throughout the Southeast. Whether you're a commercial business, office, or municipal building looking for wholesale cleaning products, chemicals, cleaning equipment, or service, they've got you covered. Please reach out and start saving money today. Stop by their store open to the public and save. Kim Source Direct. 1207 South Park Drive in Kernersville. Give them a call at 336 515 9990. Order from the website at chemsourcedirect.com craving fried chicken stop by one stop on the way to the big game one stop number six located at 2748 west mountain street in kernersville serves fresh fried chicken and famous taters seven days a week from 6 a.m to 10 p.m craving wings come try the new spicy breaded wings get a five wing meal with six taters in a roll for just $7.39 now in regular hot ranch or spicy one stop number six 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville
6: back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson
0: welcome back into the rundown here on a Beautiful, cold Saturday morning here in the Triad. Desmond Johnson here with you. Per usual, every Saturday morning here on WWBG 1470 AM and Tobacco road sports radio.com If you like what you're hearing, you want to chime in with a question or just want to interact with the crew, you can do so online. You can watch this uh, episode live as we do it on Facebook Watch. You can watch it on Twitter at Tobacco Radio. And you can also watch it on YouTube on the Sports Carolina Monthly channel. Joining me right now from WTOB. In Winston Salem, Josh Shuminsky, and from Frankly Speaking Sports, Larry Frank. You can catch Frankly Speaking Sports uh, every wi- uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 11 a.m. on road dot com. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing uh, on this beautiful Saturday morning?
10: Morning Desmond, I'm doing doing great.
0: So uh, wanted to we already did an AFC Championship uh, Conference Championship preview, uh, the NFC Conference Championship. Uh, the Rams taking on the 49ers. It's the uh, the late game. Uh, six I think six thirty, six o'clock will be when that starts on Fox. Um, let's just jump right into it. Uh, starting off with you, Larry. Your thoughts on this matchup, keys to the game for uh, both teams, and who do you expect to come out victorious?
9: Well, you know, this is a game you got to remember that. Uh, the 49ers have won the last six straight times that they've played the Rams. Three seasons in a row, they swept them in a row. So this is a 49 uh, team that is used to beating the L.A. Rams. But you mentioned the key to the game here. Both of them have weapons offensively. But you got to remember the 49ers are a run-centric team that uh, usually runs the ball. And then you'll see Garoppolo go ahead and throw a big pass here and there. But I think the key to the game, Desmond, is going to be in the trenches. No doubt about it. It's going to be that San Francisco offensive line, which I think with Trent Williams neutralizes Sam Donald on that defensive line very well. And then, again, it's going to be that offensive line of the Rams. Can they stop Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, who I believe last week had um, two sacks apiece in that game. So it's going to come down to a good game. But when you look at this team, you know, and everybody's saying Rams, Rams, Rams. You know, the one thing that they have and the one thing that Jimmy Garoppolo has statistically better than anybody else in the NFL is he wins. Everywhere he goes, he wins. Yet people still give him junk, to use a better word on on our show here, about his performance. But everywhere he goes, these guys win. And the one thing that I think the 49ers have that the Rams don't have, and you got to see it last week, Desmond, is the special teams. A block punt for a touchdown. A block uh, field goal. And then they got the best – one of the best playoff kickers. Maybe Adam Terry might have been a little better of, of all time. And Robbie Gould, who I think is like 33 of 33 in the playoffs. So, in this game, you know, I know the Rams have Odell Beckham Jr. I know – I know they have a Cooper Cup, who's probably the best receiver in the NFL right now. But the one thing that's going to kill the Rams in this game is the thing that almost killed them last week versus the Bucs, and that's turnovers. Cam Akers with two huge turnovers in that game. Even Cooper Cup had two turnovers in that game. So at the end of the day, uh, this is going to be a Rams offensive line that's going to be tested. At the end of the day, I say, Jimmy G, always finds a way to win i think he finds a way to win and it could come down just like i heard the guys talk in talking the, about the afc i think this is a game that could be a shootout that comes down to the leg of robbie gould
0: josh your thoughts uh 49ers los angeles rams um It's going to be a 6.30 kickoff at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Uh, Reports are showing, even though the Rams are hosting the game, that over 65% of the tickets sold are actually sold to 49er fans. Uh, The Rams, in theory, are a better team, but the Rams have lost six straight to the 49ers. The 49ers seem to be their kryptonite. Your thoughts on 49ers-Rams for the right to go to the Super Bowl?
10: So I'm going to use a historical reference game as a point of reference. So the 1990 Super Bowl, the Giants versus the Bills. The Bills were the Rams with the high-powered offense, you know, Hall of Famers that, you know, two Hall of Famers in the, in the wide receiver. They had Thurman Thomas, built, um, Jim Kelly, and all that power on the defense. You know, they're, you know, heads and t- tails better talent-wise than the Giants. What the giants did is what bill Parsons does with everyone he controlled the game they, they had 40 minutes of you know uh ball control you know they had nine minute and 29 second drive to end the game you know uh, going from third quarter to the fourth quarter and you know they had otis, otis Anderson running the ball three yards at a, at a time so flashing forward jimmy garoppolo's jeff Hostler, right He's, he can manage a game he can do all the things to keep keep a team in the game he's not going to make the big mistake right like, like larry said all he does is win right but yeah, where the niners have the advantage like larry said is in the trenches they have a defense that has kept the high-powered rams offense to under 300 yards in two games this year including one that went to overtime um well my heart says go with the Rams because my Florida State background with uh, um, a and uh, Jalen Ramsey. I gotta go with, with 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 my football knowledge and the, the Niners because they're that defense is going to control the game. They're going to use Mitchell to control the clock, and they're going to use um, Debo Samuel to also you know get the hard yardage um, like a fullback. They've been using him as – so I have to agree with Larry. The 49ers in the trenches, running game, defense, wins the game.
9: And, Desmond, remember, this is a defense that held Aaron Rodgers to 10 points and no touchdowns in their last game. So, you know, people talk about the secondary being weak. Well, they didn't look too weak last week, did they?
0: Yeah. I – um. I've had this sneaky suspicion about the 49ers since these playoffs started that, and I said it two weeks ago during wildcard weekend before it began, that all the teams that made the playoffs, NFC and AFC, the 49ers to me stuck out like a sore thumb. Is that one team that teams didn't want to play because of the way they were playing coming into the playoffs and their style of play. The teams that are left over, uh, the Chiefs, the, the Bengals, and over here the 49ers and uh the Rams th- those other 3 besides the 49ers I feel like they kind of play more of a finesse style of football whereas the 49ers uh like I mentioned earlier in the show when they run the football they don't run the football looking for an open hole they run the football looking to hit you like there's a difference in the style of the way the 49ers are more physical they're the most physical team left in these playoffs and I always feel like the physical team's going to win in January um i'm 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 going towards the 49ers in this like there's something about the way the 49ers are playing right now that feels familiar in terms of you know when you see a hot nfl team like it's never it's never who was the best team in the regular season in the nfl it's who's the hottest at the end going into the playoffs uh which is why in the nfl you can see a wild card team go to the super bowl and actually win it and not and it not be questioned as of you know was that the best team to have won the super bowl uh pittsburgh has done it recently um I feel like the 49ers are set up to do the same thing, to get to the Super Bowl. This team was just in the Super Bowl against these Chiefs, actually, uh, just, what, two years ago? And then last year they had so many injuries. Uh, To your point, Larry, when Garoppolo plays, they typically win, um, which is nuts because they drafted a quarterback uh, to be better than him in his most recent draft. But every time he plays – He might not give you 350 yards and four touchdowns and, you know, 148 quarterback rating and all that stuff. He'll just get you the dub. He'll get you the win. And more often than not, unless he's playing Pat Mahomes. So I'm kind of thinking if everybody's healthy, a good dose of Debo Samuel, I feel like the 49ers are going to win this, but they're not supposed to. Uh, The Rams pushed all their chips into the table to the middle of the table. This year, like they, they don't have a first round pick, it feels like for like the next four or five years because they keep trading off picks and bringing guys in. Jalen Ramsey, uh, they picked up Von Miller, uh, they got Odell Beckham Jr. Like it feels like that if they don't win it this year, that all that was a failure because it feels like they were pointing it this year. Like we got to get there, Matthew Stafford. Like they don't have a three, four, five year window, they got to do it like really right now. This is their best opportunity. Tom Brady's not playing right now. Aaron Rodgers is out, uh, and you're you've, you're playing a divisional opponent at home. The Super Bowl is in your house. Like if you can't get it this year, it's going to be really hard to do it any other time. Uh, and I'd much rather play Pat Mahomes at home in the Super Bowl, like Tom Brady did last year, than have to play him a year or two down the road on a neutral site when Kansas is or Kansas City is reloaded and he already has two or three rings at that point. So I'm picking. I'm picking the. Uh, I'm going to pick the 49ers here, but I'm not completely uh, happy <laughs> about the pick. I think I want. I think I want uh, Rams Chiefs for the Super Bowl. That feels like the most fun Super Bowl uh, to see those two match up. But I feel like we're going to get like 49ers Bengals. Like it. It feels like we're going to get something that half the country doesn't want. Uh, although Joe Burrow is a stud, the Bengals have have defied expectations in my opinion. Um, and they're hot right now. They're not scared of the Chiefs. They just beat them uh week 17. So, we'll see. I think uh in the first hour most of us kind of picked the Chiefs to move on um uh, since they're hosting for the fourth year in a row uh the AFC Championship and it sounds like most of us here uh, uh just real quick again, Larry, you picked uh between the Rams and the 49ers, you picked the the Rams? Is that right? No, the 49ers. The 49ers. You picked for the and then and Josh, did you do the same or you went with yeah, the Rams? we all picked Niners. We all pick Niners. Okay, so I don't feel so bad then. So we all picked the 49ers to get to the Super Bowl and potentially have a rematch uh, against the same Kansas City Chiefs team that they uh, dueled with two years ago in a Super Bowl that that I think back on wasn't that bad. It was actually a pretty good Super Bowl, um, the Chiefs and the 49ers, and most of the same players are kind of there. So that would be fun, uh, but we'll see. Conference Championship Sunday starts at 3 o'clock on CBS with the AFC Championship game. The NFC Championship game will follow immediately after that. It's a loaded sports weekend. Um, Coming up here, though, there's rumors circulating that Tom Brady may be closer to retirement than ever before. Plus, Aaron Rodgers mentioned that he'll take some time and make a decision on what he's going to do. Um, Some news came out here late in the week that might affect that decision for Aaron Rodgers. We'll get into that with these two gentlemen here just a bit right after the break. Uh, You're listening to The Rundown here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio .com and WWBG 1470 AM.
6: You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson.
0: Enter your softball team into the Diamond Stars Invitational March 19th and 20th at Springwood Park in Burlington, North Carolina. Age brackets are for 10 and up for a one-day event, 12 and up, and 14 and up. With Diamond Star events, you get more games, longer time limits, quality competition, and prizes to all champions. With Diamond Star Events, get the tournament experience your players, coaches, and families deserve. For more information and to sign up, visit DiamondStarEvents.net.
8: Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville, Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no appointment needed, quick lube shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com.
0: Craving fried chicken? Stop by One Stop on the way to the big game. One Stop Number 6, located at 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville, serves fresh fried chicken and famous taters seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Craving wings? Come try the new spicy breaded wings. Get a five-wing meal with six taters in a roll for just $7.39. Now in regular, hot, ranch, or spicy. One Stop Number 6, 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. Looking to change things up a little? Visit Salon Resi. Located at 765 East Bluemont Road, Suite 200 in Mount Airy, Salon Resi is the newest high-end, full-service salon and spa in the triad. Salon Resi spa includes massages and skincare. Get a full highlight treatment, shampoo and style, color and retouch, and much, much more. Salon Resi, where passion and creativity meet. 765 East Bluemont Road,
3: Suite 200 in Mount Airy.
1: This is Davis Troxler, the proud owner of North Carolina Golf Academy and the Director of Instruction. Don't let your golf game suffer from this dreary winter season. Come hit some golf balls, take a lesson.
3: You can call us at 336-324-2374 for details. Thank you and keep hitting the fairway. Here at
0: Tobacco Road Sports Radio, we ask the tough questions.
9: Hey, you got any left-handed footballs?
0: We're never afraid to tell you how we feel.
9: Well, we look like the damn bad news
0: bears. We'll debate sports. We'll debate anything.
1: Man, you lying. You ain't never met Martin Luther King. Not the win out Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he did not.
0: No matter what, Tobacco Road Sports Radio has you covered.
9: I'm going to come right back at it.
0: The You're listening to Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You are locked into Tobacco Road Sports Radio, your home for Triad Sports.
2: And you know this,
8: man.
6: Back to the Rundown with Desmond Johnson.
0: welcome back into the rundown here on a cool and crisp Saturday morning here in the tribe Desmond Johnson here with you Larry Frank from frankly speaking sports Josh Siminski from WTOB joining me here and also joining us Eric Summers from uh the Cash Scratch reader <sighs> excuse me I got something caught in my throat here Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have the whole world on pause right now wondering what they are going to do or not do we're going to start off with Tom Brady Uh, because the rumors are starting to get a lot uh, hotter that this might be it for Tom, and we might have seen him play his last game. Um, Starting off with you, Larry, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Because we've never really heard uh, this kind of talk coming from the Brady camp before. Everything that he has said kind of leans towards him retiring which is crazy that we're even questioning should he retire at this point? The man is 44 years old. He's going to be 45 next year. He's got seven Super Bowl rings. He owns pretty much every quarterback record there is, and we're sitting there like, should he retire? Maybe he should play some more. I want him gone. I've been on record. I've wanted dude gone for like five years, uh, and he's still here. So what are your initial thoughts on this? Does it feel like this is the moment when Tom's actually going to pull the trigger and, and walk away from this game? even after playing as well as he did this past year.
9: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, we reported this um, on Tobacco Road Sports Radio about uh, four weeks ago before the season ended. I came on my show and said, Tom Brady unofficially will be retiring at the end of the year. And people looked at me like, you're crazy. How do you know Mm -hmm. this? And the one thing we, and you know better than anyone, Desmond, we look for clues when people speak. And Tom back then was given clues about his family. He started talking about things he never spoke about during press conferences before in his entire career. Giselle's name came up. His two kids came up. And they're at the age now where, you know, kids really need their parents. And then again, you heard him talk about this again after the last game they lost to the Rams. But let's look at it from Tom Brady's perspective. There is nothing else he can do in this game that he has not already done. That's okay. what I'm like. Yeah, he it's like, what else can he is. do? It's it's just the competitive nature in him. Or is he scared of real life? Who knows what the real answer is? But at the end of the day, let's think about it. Do you want to learn a completely new offense next year? Byron Leftwich is not going to be there next year. He is going to be the Jaguars head coach most likely. That'll be announced this week. So now you got to go back. Playing, learning a new system from a new offensive coordinator that is going to come in—it doesn't make sense. Tom is going to retire this year. There is no doubt in my mind. And then the question will be who takes over.
0: And you know, he's always said too that um, he doesn't want a farewell farewell tour or anything sure. like that. The best way to do that is just to announce it now. Because if he says he's coming back for one more year, he's going to get the Coach K treatment, where every place he goes, they are going to be ceremonies and all this stuff. It's going to be all about him, and that's not something he wants. Um, It feels right. It feels right right now. I keep staring at ESPN because I keep expecting something to drop while we're sitting here talking about it. Um, Josh, let's hear from you real quick here. Do you think it's time for Tom Brady to go ahead and, and hang it up?
10: Well, being a Jet fan has been more than time for, for Tom Brady to leave, <laughs> <I> bet so, <laughs> um, but that but being a Jet fan is way worse than Tom Brady. So <laughs>
0: they got they just got a vote a couple segments ago as one of the worst sports franchises uh, around. So uh, yeah, I agree with that. Gra- congratulations.
10: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yes, Tom Brady. I think he, he's going to hang it up. Um, like Larry said, there's nothing more for him to do. I mean, he owns. All the passing records he has multiple super bowls um could could he play again next year or the year after that yeah he can he he keeps himself in phenomenal shape and all that kind of stuff it's whether he wants to or not and and i think like larry said like the family life has taken over his mindset more than it used to
0: i mean you watch those kids get older and older and, you know, your your wife is a millionaire herself and, and a supermodel, by the way. Like, it kind of makes you start thinking, maybe I should be home a little bit more often. I've already got more rings than one hand can I can wear. Uh, no no quarterbacks – well, I was about to say, no quarterback's going to win seven Super Bowls, but Pat Mahomes is going to probably try. Uh, and, and he's young enough where he might take a go at it. But if that's all Tom Brady has to worry about is can somebody break my record of seven Super Bowl wins, I think he should be pretty content with where he is – uh, he's widely considered the GOAT at this point, where if he had just stopped playing after four rings, kind of the argument was either him or Montana. He's kind of zoomed, well, not kind of, he's zoomed past Montana at this point, and everyone considers him the greatest of all time. So I think if anything, it might hurt him to stay longer to see that cliff that Max Kellerman predicted four years ago that just never happened, um, which is just nuts. Uh, but it does sound like he's leaning towards it. Aaron Rodgers is a different story, though. Aaron Rodgers is about, probably about to win uh, the, his fourth MVP award in his career and for the second straight year. All, but they really just kind of, you know, wet the bed last week against the 49ers at home after securing the one seed in the NFC. Uh, Rodgers basically said he's going to take some time to figure things out. He'll make a decision before free agency begins. Um, curiously enough, the Denver Broncos just hired the Packers offensive coordinator to be their head coach. His, his name escapes me. Uh, at the moment but uh I, all the talking heads were basically like well we know what this means that's a clue that he's going to end up in denver and that's the best thing i didn't take it that way at all i looked at it like they just wanted a good candidate for head coach and if it meant aaron would look at them as a possibility to, to go play then so be it but if i'm aaron rogers i'm staying away from the afc have you seen the quarterbacks that are in the afc right now like why would why in my right mind would i go to a conference that has pat mahomes uh josh allen uh justin herbert uh deshaun watson is still in the afc um i'm just i'm just kind of Lamar jackson is like 24 or something like that in the afc like it's littered with young quarterbacks why at age 38 39 would i go to denver and play there and have to go through pat mahomes probably three times a year just to get to the super bowl because you're in the same division as him so like what I'm not saying he would shy away from a challenge. It just sounds like a dumb idea. Um, let, me bring, let me bring in Eric here on this. What are your thoughts with Aaron Rodgers? Where do you think is the best spot for him to play next year? Because I don't think he's going to retire, um, especially same situation. He's playing at the peak of his power. He's about to win a second straight MVP award. Out of all the places out there, where do you think is the best place for him to go and play next year? Well,
11: for f- to start off with, uh, whenever Aaron Rodgers says he's going to mentally figure things out, it's a lie. Okay, that guy is mentally not there. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's just a drama queen wherever he goes, uh, especially for the last four or five years. Um, he's on record basically as being a really bad teammate, um, but you can't deny his talent. Um, so somebody absolutely can make use of him. Any quarterback needy team can make use of him but he's going to want to go somewhere where they have enough talent at wide receiver that he can instill his own system uh you see him after every play he's pointing saying you were supposed to go here You didn't go here um he's a perfectionist so he's going to want a team that has experienced wide receivers he's going to want a team that has a decent offensive line neither of which are my team by the way um (laughs) so i don't think he's going to end up here despite everybody's uh I just Tyler laugh anytime
0: talented. I see Panthers might be on the list for Aaron Rodgers to show up. And I just I burst into this just laughter for like four straight minutes. I'm like, there's no way
11: there's no way. There's in, in no this way.
0: universe, any other multiverse where Aaron Rodgers is playing quarterback for the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule. I just don't see uh I don't see that happening anytime soon. No, so I
11: sorry. don't see it either. <laughs> um as far as his actual best landing spot, uh it's hard to say, you know, you have to start thinking, well, is there a team that's a quarterback away? Could, you don't want to think that the Chicago, the Chicago Bears would want him, right? Or do they feel like maybe Justin Fields should sit for a year after per, kind of a really bad rookie season, right? Oh like, gosh, you could you want to irritate. would would it be crazy to see Rodgers go from the Packers to the Bears, right? The hated <laughs> moral enemy of the, from, from outside, from a perspective. I'm here for it. And that's um, the,
0: it's like the sequel of Brett Favre going to the Vikings and 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 then basically turning into MVP season uh, over there against the Packers. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine that Rodgers would stay in the NFC. Well, he's running out of places to go. I just said he can't go to the AFC, so he's got to stay yeah. in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah,
11: you know I mean, I, I would put ever, I would put all options on the table. Right? I would say, what team is willing to take the baggage? Uh, what team has a decent enough offensive line and a wide receiver or two that he can work with. And uh, quite frankly, despite the way he likes to pretend to act, I think he likes the spotlight. And him going to Chicago would give him all the spotlight, especially if Brady steps out of the picture.
0: Just, just him having the weekly feature on the Pat McAfee show tells me that he loves the spotlight because he know he understands that whatever he talks about on that show gets picked up by national sports media immediately following it No matter how mundane it is, whatever it is he said, people look at it and they pick through it for clues or whatever. To me, the best place for him, I'm starting to feel like he does need to leave Green Bay. We've inflated Aaron Rodgers in terms of what he is, uh, uh, in terms of an all time great. He's 11 and 10 in the playoffs. He hasn't sniffed the Super Bowl since 2010, when they got, or 11 when they won it. Uh, his record actually in the postseason is eerily similar to Brett Favre. Brett Favre is 12-10 and 10 in the postseason, but Brett Favre owned a whole bunch of individual quarterback records. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers does, uh, although he is about to win his fourth MVP. I think Peyton Manning might be the only one that's won four um, and two in a row. But we always do this every year, uh, especially the past three or four, where we all come in thinking the Packers are the best team. They've got everything they need they blow through the regular season and then they lose early in the playoffs and we kind of excuse it. And we're just like, ah, well, Aaron didn't have everything he needed. Nah, Aaron, Rodgers kind of lost that game for them this past week with his play. Like he just couldn't get them up and down the field. No excuse. You played all year to play at Lambeau. You get it. You get a week off and you get a 49ers team that backed into the playoffs kind of. And the 49ers were just more physical than you guys were at home. You know, like, so I I don't think standing green Bay, would change any of that. Um, having said that, the, you look around the league, teams like uh, it might be a domino thing. Maybe Aaron's waiting to see what Tom Brady does because if Tom Brady retires, actually, Tampa wouldn't be a bad place to land when you just saw what they did to bend over backwards to get Tom Brady whatever he wanted. I could see Aaron Rodgers looking at that situation. It's South Florida, or it's Florida, there's no income tax there, they're gonna go out and get you some guys. Devontae Adams would probably follow you to Tampa Bay. Um Kill me now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Tampa might be the spot, but I think he's waiting to see what Tom Brady does. So if that doesn't happen, then yeah, maybe Denver's in play. Uh I could see the Colts, even though I just sat here and argued about why he shouldn't go to any AFC team, the Colts would be a good fit. If he came in there, they could win. Now Uh, they got a running game, good off, great offensive line, all the stuff a quarterback would want. Um, the Raiders, maybe if they decide to move on from Derek Carr, I could see him showing up in Las Vegas. I, my last, I think I heard his girlfriend lives in Boulder, Colorado, so that might put Denver into play. Um, I don't. I, I feel like Tampa's the spot, though. So really, everything is circling around Tom Brady, and I feel like we're going to find out next week after the conference championship game. In that week in between uh, the game, the champ. they have the the week? by like they normally yes. do. But, yes. Okay. So next week, there won't be a game uh, next Sunday, somewhere in that week, either Monday or Tuesday, right after this weekend, I think Brady's going to announce whatever it is he's going to do. Uh, and I think he is leaning towards retirement.
9: And he does that,
0: Then Tampa's got some time to you know play with some things.
9: And if I can jump in for just one second here, I agree with you about if Tom Brady retires, be a perfect spot for Aaron Rodgers, but let's remember something about Aaron Rodgers here. Aaron Rodgers is going to put himself in a position to look good. It's about Aaron Rodgers. It's about no one else. That's how Aaron Rodgers is. And I know um, Eric and Desmond, you both think, don't rule out yet Carolina. I'm not saying that there's a big chance of Carolina, (laughs) but he has relationships there. Ben McAdoo was his quarterback coach. You know, let's not forget that. Now I'm not sitting here, but they could be a dog horse in this. Listen to this, guys. Just listen for one sec. Brady retires. There are no quarterbacks in the NFC South now that are good. There's nobody. He goes yeah. to the NFC South. Whether it's Tampa Bay, and if Tampa Bay is not the right fit, why not a New Orleans or a uh, a Carolina? Well, you said you wanted what great receivers. The one thing you can't deny is the weapons on offense besides the line and besides the quarterback play. You got Robbie Anderson. You got what? D.J. Moore. You got Terrence Marshall. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Know, right. Be the best McCaffrey, running back he's Terrence, ever had. You know, so you have the weapons. Or you have the defense. You could be an Aaron Rodgers away and two draft picks or You know, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you talk about. Four of their offensive linemen are free agents. You pick up a Jim Jensen, move our center over to the guard, you now have an offensive line that is incredible. Don't rule it out. I'm not saying it's happening. guys. I think he's talking me into this. I'm not saying it's happening. (laughs) But I would not be surprised if we're talking about, you know, nobody expected Brady to go to Tampa Bay.
0: That's true. He, I think, I, he right. <laughs> I think he talked me because into I this
9: before we He talked me because I remember I was in Tampa Bay then, and it was a surprise that you think a miracle on 34th Street happened there. I mean, it was incredible. <laughs> there, it was a, they wanted it. There was hope. Don't I never say never anymore since Brady came to Tampa.
0: Man, Bay. look, if, and I'm up against the break too. But if if oh, Matt rules – chance. If Matt Rule, if Matt Rule is able to pull off bringing Aaron Rodgers to Charlotte, that would they would put a statue of Matt Rule out in front of Bank of America Stadium. It'd be facing uh, Sam Mills or whatever. He'd have like a, a clipboard or something and some headphones on. I, I can't see it, but once again, Larry, you make very good uh, points here on this. Real quick, Joshua, uh, if you want to jump uh, in here,
10: call, call my shot. Rodgers to the Raiders in Vegas, being the spotlight. He's a Californian, a California boy. He can be close to home. Um, he he wants to be close to Hollywood because he, he, that's his next step after football. Um, they they can trade um, car for a draft pick and get another receiver. And they have they have a pretty good defense. They have um, Weller for the tight end. So they have pieces where where. Uh, Rodgers could be happy.
0: But then real quick, uh, Eric, I wanted to get you on to get your opinion on the hiring of Ben McAdoo as offensive coordinator last week for the Panthers. Uh, I, I noticed on Catch Scratch Reader, you had actually wrote a column where you're saying that, you know, this actually might be a good move for the Panthers. Uh, real quick, you want to give uh, Panther Faithful some words of encouragement that uh, this actually was a decent hire uh, from the front office?
11: Well, I think one of the things that we're we're definitely certain of in Carolina is that uh, what we've seen over the last two years, there was not nearly enough NFL coaching experience on the entire staff. Uh, If McAdoo is nothing else, McAdoo is somebody that knows the NFL. He's been around the league for nearly 20 years. He hasn't been in it for all 20, but he's been around it. Uh, He does have some track record as a decent offensive coordinator. Uh, The Giants had some good years with him there. he failed as a head coach, and of course we all we all remember him for that. But uh, it's the same reason that a chef isn't always a good restaurant owner. There's a lot of administration that goes into being the guy, the owner, as opposed to just being the guy that has to make the recipes. And I think if if that's what if that's what McAdoo is, if he's a guy who given just control of his one thing, the offense, and uh, he, we could see some success. I mean, I think at least. Uh, we might see a turnaround in the dismal third quarter numbers that the Panthers are always suffering with the entire year. There were very—I think there's maybe two games where we outscored our opponents in the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, we clearly need some people in that locker room that understand the NFL, that understand adjustments that need to be made on the fly, and uh, I think McAdoo can do that. Um, I'll be interested i will be interested to see who else Rule brings into the staff, but I think maybe he's gotten the note that he can't just bring everything from college with him and be successful here. So I think he knows that this year is his last shot. If he doesn't succeed this year, he's going back to college. And if he has NFL aspirations again, I don't know if he'll get the shot. So um, I think it's a good hiring. If not, it's not a spectacular hiring, but I hate to say it. The Panthers aren't in spectacular hiring shape at the moment.
3: So, I will say I was a
0: little upset when I saw that Pep Hamilton uh, decided to go interview for the offensive coordinator position for the Bears when he denied our request. And everyone was like, oh, well, maybe he's thinking he might get the head coaching job with Houston or or get moved up to O.C. in Houston. No, I think he just didn't like us. I think he just didn't want anything to do with us. And it's um, <laughs> all the situation. I was like, "Nope, I'm out. I'm from Charlotte. Yes. But now nah, I'll pass hard pass, hard pass. Um, guys, appreciate you all being on. Uh, I'm up against it uh acc hoops roundtable had a chance to talk to locked on a locked on acc podcast host candace cooper and from deacons illustrated and duke uh illustrated connor o'neill to talk about the acc uh hoops matchups we're going to have here it's really starting in about 15 minutes so uh without further ado here's our acc uh round table with candace and connor
6: back to the rundown with desmond johnson
0: Welcome back into the Rundown. Desmond Johnson here with you. ACC Hoops Roundtable. I had to bring in some experts here to explain a couple of things because uh, I never thought this day would come. But my Carolina fans, my family, they've got me super heated right now. So I had to go and call in some heavy, hitter, heavy hitters. Candace Cooper from the Lockdown ACC podcast. Connor O'Neill from not only Deacons Illustrated, but Devils Illustrated here on the ACC Roundtable. What's going on? How are y'all doing?
2: good. Thanks
4: so much for having us. I'm good. I'm trying to recover from being called a a heavy hitter here. I'll try to live (laughs) up to that
0: one. (laughs) Well, let's start off with, uh, of course, Carolina. Uh, You know, ever since Rundown came back a couple of weeks ago to the Triad Airwaves, I've had a couple people come to me and go, you know, you guys haven't talked about Carolina Hoops yet, and I used to be like a segment every weekend on Rundown, what's going on with it. We just hadn't had the time to get it to swing around to it, and I knew ACC Hoops We'd be heavy on it really after you know, next week or so after NFL was done. But uh, couldn't really ignore what my heels are going through. We're going to start off in Chapel Hill. Uh, Carolina taking on NC State today at two o'clock. Uh, Candace, did Hubert <laughs> underestimate the power of the transfer portal? Because I'm feeling like I feel like people either forgot the makings of this roster last year There was 18 and 11 and an eighth seed in the NCAA tournament and a quick out. And I guess they just expected the team to be better, but I find myself in arguments with Carolina fans online that are blaming everything from Hubert to these kids have no heart to they have way more talent than this. Where is it? Because it feels like the perception is that Carolina should be better than they are. But when I'm looking at the standings, they're a game out of first place.
2: Desmond, I think you've been reading my tweets, which is very disappointing. (laughs) It's clear here you've been reading my no heart tweets. And as a Carolina grad, I certainly can say as someone who has seen a national championship her freshman year of college, I just feel like I know what it takes to just put on the NC across your chest and really want to play well with that. And I'm not sure I'm seeing that from this team. Now, mind you, I will say the talent is definitely different. There are definitely different energies and it's hard to kind of synergize a transfer group and trying to get everyone on the same page but you know it's a little bit telling of yourself as well that you guys haven't talked about it much because maybe this is a forgettable team right now we just want to get through this rough patch of hubert davis's first year but i wouldn't say he's to blame fully but also you know what we saw from their performance at boston college there's a little bit of need to worry going into today's matchup
0: i you know i gave them a pass that was a rock fight of a game (laughs) but i mean it was their third game in five days they played saturday they played monday And then they played Wednesday night. And then, of course, one thing that people forget, these kids are students. They went to school, too. So it's like I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Although I will say the one thing that I don't quite understand is that Hubert has drastically reduced the rotation. Like he's gotten it down to a hard six or seven. Um, And that really happened. I want to say it was around the Wake Forest blowout, maybe right before (laughs) it. It might (laughs) have been right after it It was somewhere all that period of time is a blur.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the absence of Dawson Garcia being out due to family illness has certainly not helped things. Anthony Harris not being available no longer for the rest of the season also doesn't help matters. And maybe it's telling that he doesn't want to add Don and DeMarco into the rotation more permanently. And I don't know if we talk about Roy Williams struggling with timeouts, maybe Hubert struggles with the substitution. That might just be his new thing. So we have a situation here where the guys who are in, aren't exactly giving us the best runs. I don't necessarily know the answers, but I will say when you get beat up in the way they got beat up against the games, like you know wake forest and the other matches we've seen so far this season, they're tired and going into today, they're going to have to figure out how to give some guys confidence when they have a little bit of a lead seven points or more.
0: Let's actually let's stay right there with wake forest. Uh, Connor O'Neill. Deacon aficionado. <laughs> Why in the world is this team not ranked? Every time I see them, they are beating the brakes off somebody. Like the past like two weeks, they've just been they're just out there hooping. And every time I look at the AP top 25, I'm like, where is Wake Forest? What do they have to do to get ranked? Why do you think they haven't been ranked yet?
4: So the first reason is their non-conference strength of schedule is just awful. There's there's no other way to put it. Uh right now it is up to 344th. Uh, out of out of 358 teams that play Division One,
11: there it it's is is. just
4: not a very good non-conference schedule. So they get knocked for that. Uh, the one the one really decent team they played in the non-conference was LSU, and that was a 14-point loss. Once you get past that, yes, they they have some wins that warrant some consideration, like going on the road to Virginia. I know Virginia is not the Virginia that we're used to seeing in recent years, but it's still a road win at Virginia a 22 point win at home against North Carolina. Uh I don't I don't think voters are taking this into consideration all that much but like the 12 point loss to Duke, their only loss in their last 7 games, they really only played 5 bad minutes. It was one bad minute to end the second half or to end the first half and then it was four bad minutes to end the or to start the second half. Otherwise, they outscored Duke by 9. So, you know, I I think the timing of Uh, right when they jumped into like full bore ACC schedule, they lost road games at Louisville and Miami. And at the time we didn't know that this, this Miami team was going to be what we see now. And then the Louisville loss, there's just no way around sugarcoating that, that that's a bad loss. Uh, I think it's coming. Like if, if they stay hot, you know, they're, they're at Syracuse today. They're home against Pittsburgh. They're at Florida state. They're at NC state. Like, these are winnable games. If if they stay as hot as they've been, it's coming. Like that that first ranking, it, it's it's going to happen. Uh, you just need to have a little more patience.
0: ACC Hoops Roundtable with Candace Cooper and Connor O'Neill. Guys, who's uh, who's your vote for ACC Player of the Year at the halfway point?
2: Ooh, that's a great question. I feel like off the strength of being the only ranked team available, Palavancaro is probably going to get it. Um, but certainly we've seen Armando got have moments and flashes that could just be a homer here. But, you know, I also feel like Alondis Williams has had a great year coming off of what he's taken Wake Forest to be. So I'm very impartial at the moment because everyone's just doing their best.
4: Yeah. <laughs> just keep, <laughs> we're, just, we're just tobacco road homers. Exactly. You know, we'll, we'll throw Darion Sebron in there. For yes. <laughs>
3: uh,
4: I, honestly, I would give it to alondis Williams right now. Uh, just based on what he means to wake like paolo banquero is obviously an uber talented freshman he's gonna be a top three pick maybe the number one pick but if you take pa- paolo banquero out of duke's lineup you've still got probably a top 20 team if you take Alondis williams out of wake's lineup i
3: yeah that's i, cool I, I kind cool of cool shudder, cool I cool.
4: shudder i kind of shut like it's a little different with demari monsanto back Uh, who is supposed to be out for the season, but has played the last three games. Uh, Maybe he changes the way I would word this uh, or the way I would have worded it two like two weeks ago. But if you take Alondis Williams away from Wake, I think that that team is drastically different than than what they've been this year so far.
0: I'm, I'm leaning towards Alondis Williams for the first half of the season, simply for the fact that Wake was picked to finish 13th in the conference. And, as as I look at the standings today, I feel like Wake has as good of a shot to win the regular season as any of these teams that are kind of bunched in the top uh, top six, top seven uh, that are up there right now. Um, you know, between no one's really separating themselves. I, I keep hearing that it's like Duke and everybody else, but I'll be honest. There's been a couple of times uh, where where Duke has looked vulnerable themselves, um, and there's some of these teams that are in here that they, they weren't picked to to be where they are right now. Notre Dame, Miami, of course. Uh, but like, if you look at the top six teams right now in the conference, Miami, Duke, Notre Dame, Wake, Carolina, Florida State. And I guess you could throw uh, Virginia in there too because they've kind of righted the boat a bit. Uh, out of those teams, if you had to choose one right now to win the ACC regular season, knowing that Duke has not done it since 2009 outright, out of those teams who you think could get out of the pack and win the ACC regular season and why?
2: I think off the strength of what the season means to Duke, and this hasn't exactly been the greatest farewell tour for Coach K, I feel like the boys are going to get it done and get hot at the right time. So I would pick them on, you know, it's paining me to say that. But, <laughs> I, I, but, <laughs> but I, lo- I love Coach Forbes, and I love what he's done with this group. I said last season that they were in a lot of games last year. They just, you know, were trying to figure out and find the right pieces. But, you know, Wake Forest is definitely not one to sleep on. But I feel like with everything that – Duke has tried to make
4: this season be, I would say, the Blue Devils. I'm going to I'm gonna zig when when I should zag, I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm going Florida State. Uh, I, I am well aware that they just lost by two touchdowns at Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech <laughs> is tied for last in the league. Yes, indeed. I, just, <laughs> I have so much more faith in Leonard Hamilton than a lot of other coaches in this league in terms of their ability to – Keep their team on an upward trajectory of development. Now you can you can hit some speed bumps. Obviously, they did in Atlanta on Wednesday night. But I just think that Leonard Hamilton is is one of the best coaches, not only in the ACC but in the country, at getting the most out of his guys, putting them in positions to be successful. And that's why I think that even though this is this is a drastically younger team than he's had in years past, like they're they're barely getting contribute. They're they're not barely getting contributions they're getting good contributions out of like two upperclassmen and and the rest are really freshmen and sophomores and he's he's been able to kind of fight through like a three-game losing streak with a 28-point loss to Purdue in the non-conference uh and any he he, I think I think Florida State is is the team that's going to wind up on top of the conference at the end of the year
2: Ooh, that's good, because I think awesome. Hamilton is a very good coach, and I would agree that he has definitely been the one who kind of has a little steady part of the season, but can we say maybe Hubert Davidson, and company get hot at the right time, and Armando Baycock fi- figures out who he is as a beast and a player? Maybe? I,
0: I was just about to say, <laughs> I wasn't going to even go with that minefield after I just kind of blessed out a bunch of Carolina fans online, but I'm looking at I'm looking at the schedule. I think I'm kind of leaning towards Carolina, which makes no sense whatsoever off of what we've seen (laughs) the past couple of weeks. But there's a couple of things that stand out to me. They've got like 11 games left. Seven of their 11 are at home. Uh, People don't realize that Carolina's played like seven road games or something like already like in the ACC or something nuts. Like they played more road games than anybody else. So a lot of the, uh, the games, like uh, the 98, 76 loss at wake, the 85, 57 loss at Miami like, those are, I feel like they're, they're like a Dr. Jack, Mr. Hyde type of team, home and away. And being at home, it sets up nice because I'm looking through their schedule. They've got state, of course, today. Who knows what's going on with Louisville? We don't know who the coach is, who the AD is, who the, the president is of the school. Like, we don't know what they're doing. So I'm going to hopefully talk that up as a win. And that's a road game. Uh, then, of course, you've got the tilt with Duke uh, next Saturday, and that's going to be Kay's last time at the Dean Dome, and it's going to be packed, 19,000 people in there. Who knows how that game goes? It's its a Duke-Carolina game, so I can't just automatically write it off to Duke. Um, Clemson, Florida State, February 12th. you got Pitt, Virginia Tech, Louisville. None of these games are daunting games to me. Even the Duke game, because it's such a huge rivalry game, those kids at Carolina – yeah, they might not be the same caliber of talent as, say, like the classes before them or immediately before them, like Joel Berry and Theo Pinson and those kids, but they've got talent. They're just trying to figure out who they are. This team really doesn't have a pure point guard on it. Like it's it, You're basically watching Caleb Love and R.J. Davis learn how to be UNC point guards on the fly, and that's going to be painful no matter who it is. It's like they're trying to learn how to do it. You're going to have some bumps in the road. Plus, something else that people forget Last year, this team had Daron Sharp on it. That kid is in the NBA right now. This team had Walker Kessler on it last year. He's playing for the number one team in the country in Auburn right now. This team had Garrison Brooks on it. He's a he's in the SEC. Like, all are you trying to
2: make us cry, Desmond?
0: <laughs> but like everyone's like, oh, well, we should we have more talent than everybody else except for Duke. We should be we shouldn't be losing like this. And I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> we do not have it. Like, I get it. The name says UNC on the jersey. But if you really look at the roster, I can see why Hubert has shrunk this down to six or seven. There's no reason to play uh, Styles and Demarco Dunn, and, and, and you know they weren't ready coming in. So why play them just because they're there? Or what I've heard from Carolina fans: Oh, if you don't play them, the transfer portal, they're going to transfer someplace else. I'm like, you can't coach that way. You can't run a program that way, fearful that kids are going to leave if you don't play them. And uh, I just. I, I really don't want to pick Carolina regular season champ because I feel like I'm jinxing them to do so. It's gonna, it's probably going to be Duke. It should be Duke. But every year it should be Duke based off the talent, and they never win the regular season. So I'm trying to figure out how they're going to mess around and not do it this time. Are they a Final Four team, Duke? I,
9: I think, think so. Yeah. Are they, yeah well, I
0: mean, really, well, let me rephrase that. Are they a Final Four team because of what they have, or are they a Final Four team based on what's going on Outside of Duke and college basketball itself?
4: I would I would lean the ladder there. I would lean toward there's really not a dominant team in college basketball. You know, last year we had two with, with Gonzaga and Baylor. I don't think anybody in, in college basketball really scares you to the core where you know that there's only a handful of teams that can beat them. I think it's gonna be a a wild and, and wacky tournament. Um and I and I think that you know at some point the talent will win out and I think that's where you think that you know with with the lineup that Duke can put on the floor with you know four to five potential first round picks oh yeah I think that's where you that's where you put your faith and and that's where you say that yeah they could be a final four team
0: last dance for K, all that good (laughs)
2: stuff
0: Janice you think we're gonna see uh, Duke in the final four this year
2: Yeah, I really think it depends on the return of Trevor Keel. I think his defensive energy is going to speak to how the Blue Devils can stay in and get past a lot of teams. Um, Like Connor mentioned, just how college basketball is playing out. I see a lot of mid-major teams having that senior and veteran leadership kind of stepping up, especially, we know, tournament times, anybody can get hot on any given night. Somebody can be a sharpshooter, you know, whatever is needed. But I go back to – what this is supposed to mean for Duke this season, you have to kind of give them a little bit of an edge. They want Coach K to go out the right way.
0: And then real quick, uh, Candace Cooper and Connor O'Neill here with us on the rundown ACC hoops Roundtable. What uh real quick, biggest surprise in the conference at the halfway point for you. We'll start off with you, Connor.
4: I think it's gotta be wake forest and, and the turnaround that it takes to go from you know, Steve Forbes, was his first year was last year, but in a lot of ways that was kind of a year zero. Uh, he remade the roster, and, and they've they've got two pros with Alondis Williams and Jake Laravia. Uh, and those are transfer portal pickups that weren't exactly acclaimed when they happened in in uh, the spring last year, and they've turned Wake into a NCAA tournament team. They're on the right side of the bubble at this point, so I, I think that's the surprise right now.
2: Yeah, I would say for me, Boston College, I'm going to throw one out there because nobody I don't think anybody considered them having a halfway decent season. And then the way they battled against North Carolina on Wednesday was very telling of just what Coach Grant has really done with the program so far and how we talk about Coach Forbes and taking that one year leap we could see Boston College doing the same sort of things next year when they have a second year under his belt. So I think the Eagles are definitely something to keep your eye on as we move towards the future. But, of course, when it comes to the triangle teams, a little disappointed in North Carolina, but at the same time, trying to give grace to Coach Davis because you can't – you can you can have talent, but you can't teach heart. You know, you can't teach want to. And sometimes I feel like when you look on the court, that's just – that's the missing piece for this Tar team.
0: I feel bad for him. Cause I feel like that's what, <laughs> that's kind of where all the Carolina fans are that they don't have any heart. And I'm like, I don't know if that's it. I think they're just getting bullied when they were. Yes, I'm trying to tell like- you,
2: you also need a coach that can like say a couple, I just, I know he's not really a cusser, but maybe we can get a little sharper with our, like, you know, <laughs> talk to, him, you know, <laughs> we got to figure out how to really sucker into these guys. Cause whatever I, you say is not getting,
0: I was in the camp of you know, maybe he would just yell at him a little bit more until, uh Watching the game Wednesday night against Boston College, uh, where Hubert was talking about how he came in the next day and all the kids were scared because they thought, well, he's going to make us run. He's going to yell at us and stuff. And he said he did the exact opposite. He came in, kind of talked to him in more of a, uh, a softer tone, uh, just spoke to him like adults and like they all kind of perked up because they weren't they were worried they're going to get cussed out. And instead, he basically kind of propped them up. And I think with this team, people forgot how young they kind of are, young in terms of experience and having to be those people in those spots that are dependent to do these things. Caleb Love and R.J. Davis and those kids that were freshmen last year, they played all those games in front of no crowds. So, I mean, they're literally going through this for the first time now. And I feel like people are going to dump it on Hubert because it's just going to be natural. It's right there. But I think in the end, when we look back at this season, we're going to look at it and go, you know what? considering everything that happened they didn't do a bad job they didn't do a bad job so we'll we'll see we'll we'll revisit this we'll put a pin in it and we'll revisit this uh probably when we get back to uh uh the second carolina duke game we'll look back because that'll be the end of the year and uh we'll see everything that happened uh you can follow candace every day the locked on acc podcast uh you can find that and of course with connor uh, he is the beat writer for Deacon's Illustrated covering Wake Force Athletics and Devils Illustrated now covering Duke Blue Double Athletics so definitely check out their work online appreciate having you both on and uh we will definitely talk to you guys again soon
2: thank you
4: thanks Candace thanks this
0: coming up more from the rundown here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio.com and WWBG 1470 AM
6: You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson.
1: We love sports. Joe Louis, the greatest boxer I ever
2: lived!
0: Not only do we love sports, but we love to debate sports.
1: He was bad at Cat the clay. He bad at Sugar Ray. He bad at now, who that's you? The new boy. has? Tyson looked like a bulldog. He bad at him, too. He was Mike Tyson there. He was